This is the OAC I really use them as a template, as a model for how I would advance forward in this region. Real talk with real people about real topics. And then they turn around and talk about throw some D's on that bitch. This is WOAC Radio. But I just met this bitch with a big ass and no legs, <laughs> and I love her. <laughs> how big is the ass? Powered by OAC Entertainment Incorporated. So I just want to say thank you. Very, very much. You know what? She's no longer part of River House. All right, all right. Welcome to another edition of WOAC Radio, right here, uh, powered by OAC Entertainment Group, the original album club. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening as we get into another amazing, amazing episode. Fellas, how y'all doing? EJ, Quiz, Beats? What's going on? I'm doing you good. Always you always call us at the same time. You gotta let us marinate. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> nah. Well, first off, EJ, how you say, doing? I'm, I'm doing good. You know, it's a slow news day. Not much happened uh, since we recorded. <laughs> uh, so I don't really know what we're gonna talk about today. I'm pretty sure we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Quez, how you doing? Apparently, you're on the road right now. How you doing, brother? I'm good. I am in Petersburg, Virginia. We are gearing up for uh, this tour, which we will talk about a little bit later in the show. But um, yeah, I'm good. It's a good day. Um, like like EJ said, my phone has been dry. Uh, no one's called, no one's text. Uh, there's really nothing going on in the world right now. So it's going to be a pretty boring episode today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. And last but not least, Beat, what's going on, sir? Hey, you know what? Um, I don't know what y'all talking about. There's a lot going on. <laughs> so I'm just ready to get it started. We put a lot on it saying it's an amazing right, show. So uh, definitely, definitely going to follow up. <laughs> Right, we can't even lie. We cannot even lie. So, yes, a lot going on. Um, We're going to get into it. Plus, we have a very special guest that's going to be joining us shortly, too. Uh, Singer Jackie McGee uh, will be joining us a little bit later in the episode. Of course, you know her mainly uh, for her music and most notably a song. I think you may have heard of it uh, with Keith Sweat. Uh, called Make It Last Forever. I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. You know, it probably rings a bell to you. Uh, Yeah, just a little song. Just a little song. It ain't that big. Just a little song. Yeah, you might have heard it once or twice. Right. So uh, we're going to talk about Who was the guy again? I think his name (laughs) like Keith Keith Jackson or something. Keith Condensation. Yeah. Condensation. Yeah. Keith Persuasion. Kenneth. Kenneth. Yeah, kidding. Yeah. One of them. One of them. Uh, Y'all are ignorant. <laughs> well, of course, we're going to talk about, you know, everything going on. We're going to get into some new music. We're going to have our tour roundup. Of course, Quez is uh, on one of those tours that we're going to talk about in a bit. And, of course, like a little something happened yesterday with the Oscars. I'm not I'm not sure what the fuss is about or anything, but we'll, we'll get into it, though. Um, but first, let's get into some new music. You know, we always highlight two new songs uh, that, you know, I want to go ahead and uh, expose the listeners too. So, uh, Mary J. Blige actually released the remix to Good Morning Gorgeous last week. Uh, that remix features the one and only Her, and is definitely a dope track. So, we're going to listen to that. And then after that, you're going to hear the joint uh, by Buddy featuring Ari Lennox called Coolest Thing. 
uh, buddy just released his new album last week as well. So, uh, you know, we got to put you up on that new new. That's how we do it. So let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome to it. It's WOAC Radio. It's so hard just holding on Ain't even picking up my phone It's hard enough to be Hard enough to stay Hard enough to be alone I'm just trying to move along Sometimes I do and then I don't Tell me what I'm doing Myself that it ain't nothing. Second guessing it don't help me. I'm so tired of feeling empty. Find my eyes, it's time to fight. Seems like I'm always against me. Seems like this is never ending. But I refuse to let it end me. Mentally, spiritually, oh. physically, I need my peace. Yeah. I need my peace. I wake up every morning and tell myself Good morning, gorgeous Sometimes you gotta look in the mirror and say Good morning, gorgeous No one else can make me feel this way Good morning, gorgeous Good morning, gorgeous Good morning, gorgeous Mm. All the times that I hated myself All the times that I wanted to be someone else All the times that I should have been gentle with me Times that I should have been careful with me Why did I hate myself? Why did I hate so intensely? Lord, help me I wake up every morning and tell myself Good morning, gorgeous Sometimes you gotta look in the mirror and say Good morning, gorgeous It's the simplest thing I can say. And if you are not listening to WOAC Radio, I'll see you soon. No, I do not have a second for you. You not trying to help. I got to switch up my methods. Shaking off my demons and counting my blessings. 
Rushing for no reason in times of the essence I gotta chill for a second Don't wanna talk to nobody I need to be with myself, yeah I just feel like running away But everybody want me to stay I just feel like running away But everybody want me to stay This is WOAC Radio, real talk, real conversation with real people. And of course, uh, we just got into a little bit of new music, well, newish music, I should say. Um, of course, that was Mary J. Blige and her with Good Morning Gorgeous, uh, the duet remix. And then, of course, you just heard Buddy featuring Ari Lennox with Coolest Things. All right, so let's get into our uh, tour roundup as we always do you know how we do it uh so first off the culture tour is still continuing on with new edition joe and uncle charlie's matter of fact i actually read a super dope uh album, uh super dope tour review on a uh, vibe.com you know shout out to maya abraham and she had a very interesting way of pretty much you know summarizing the culture tour she said this despite the warm temperatures it felt like Christmas. I practically ran through the crowds, beaming with glee like a child getting lost among the sea of people and displays in a packed FAO Schwartz during peak holiday season. That's how she described uh, her tour experience. That's kind of interesting. Um, do you think that's accurate, Quez? Well, obviously we know the answer, but... It's, it's definitely accurate. It gives you a great feeling. It gives you a, a great feeling of nostalgia, it transports you back to that time from like 82 up until now. Um, so I, I think it was very accurate, accurate depiction. Uh, shout out to the brothers. They just got done doing a Texas run. Um, they just got done doing Dallas, Houston, Shreveport, and as well as uh, Oklahoma City this weekend. So shout out to the Culture Tour. That's right. And uh, they're taking a little bit of a break, but they'll be back at it on Thursday. They're going to be in Washington, D.C., Chocolate City uh, on the 31st. And then, of course, they're going to hit a little bit more of the East Coast. They're going to be in Newark. And then uh, they're going to be hitting North Carolina and both Greensboro and Charlotte. And uh, it's soldiering on. That's what's up. All right. And of course, advice. They're over 50. Don't sit too long because them bodies are so. Like they, they've been running for a minute without this break, so I hope they don't sit too long. I, mean, I hope not either, but you know it's it's gonna be all right though. All right, and also of course we have the night tour soldiering on. Uh, that's of course with Maxwell featuring Anthony Hamilton and Joe. Um, it looks like on the thirtieth in two days, uh, they'll be at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn. You know, BK stand up, and then of course we're gonna be hitting you know a lot of the. You know, the East Coast, they're going to be in Atlantic City and D.C. Uh, this weekend. And then they're heading to Nashville, Indianapolis, you know, and uh, they'll be in Detroit a little bit next month. So, yeah, thoughts on that? Hey, another great tour. Um, three great entertainers, three great singers. Um Another great show, man. That's all I can say. I'm really happy to see them fellas out there doing it. Two of them are really good friends of mine. So I'm just happy to see them out there getting it, man. That's it. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. I'm always and happy. Then, to... Oh, go ahead, my bad. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying I'm I'm always happy to see our uh, our legends and icons in our culture uh, just still going on and whatnot. So I'm happy to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, uh, we have the hotel. Well, and then, and you know what, EJ, on a high level with that, um, they're doing arenas. You know what I mean? So shout out to them for sure for doing it at a high level with Maxwell, Anthony Hamilton, and Joe. So I think it's incredible. Like I said, tour, you know, I'm really cool with Joe and Anthony Hamilton, and I got a bunch of friends that's on that tour, and they seem to be having a blast. So shout out to everybody that's been showing up to the shows understand um there's been a couple of complaints with that tour but just understand that it's really hard to get a lot of hits in um at concerts it's extremely hard so y'all don't be too tough on people if you don't hear one of your favorite songs it's just really hard to make it all work in time constraint sometimes yeah absolutely and then some other tours we got to talk about of course jasmine sullivan she's still on her hotels tour uh, she'll be in Minneapolis tomorrow, and then after that, she's going to be hitting Chicago on the 30th. On April Fool's Day, she'll be in Denver. Well, she'll be in Denver, I believe. And then uh, also, you know, some other dates as well. You know, they still had to move some some dates around and cancel some dates, you know, because of her previous bout with COVID. But you know, glad to see that she is continuing. Uh, also, Coldplay. Coldplay is actually on tour right now. Uh, they're actually getting ready for their Music of the Spears World Tour. And it's actually uh, going on real soon. Well, it's actually just started uh, with her as the special guest as well. And, of course, nice to see, you know, her doing a lot of stuff going on. Like, she's, like, literally everywhere. So, man. And, of course, Quez, I know you got to be proud of that. Proud of that, you know, seeing how she's doing and everything. So, Man, what does this mean for this? Like, this is huge. Like, Coldplay is, like, one of the biggest bands around, and then you have her, who's pretty much the superstar of the moment. Like, this is huge, for sure. And it's a stadium tour, too? Come on, now. I am insanely proud of my little sister. Like, she is killing the game. I'm insanely proud. Um, I want to, you know, she's super humble, but I'll talk I'll talk shit for her. Uh <laughs> I, not not all fit for her. Yo, not only is it a stadium tour, they're doing two nights in some stadiums. So when they did Costa Rica, which was the first show, they did two shows. They did two days in Costa Rica in a stadium and sold both of them jokers out. So this is major. I'm extremely happy for her. Um, I'm extremely happy for the entire MBK team. They doing their thing. And let's also remember that next week when we have our next episode, we will be reporting her other tour. Yes, she's doing two tours at the exact same time. She's doing the Coldplay tour as um the co uh, as the um uh, as the co-headliner on that. And then she has her own headlining tour, which is the second part of the Back of My Mind tour that she'll be doing simultaneously. And the crazy thing about it is it's two totally different sets. So well, she got bad credit. It's gonna be great. <laughs> this yeah. sound like Steve. Why, this why, sound like Steve Harvey situation, right? Why she working so hard? She got a tax debt or something. God damn. Oh my god. Okay. So anyway, with with that, you know, obviously they're you know overseas right now, and then as far as stateside, uh, the stateside edition of the tour will actually kick off on May sixth, and they're going to be at the Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas, Texas, and then after that. 
uh, it is on to Houston and then Phoenix, you know, Cali, two dates in Chicago at Soldier Field, two dates at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, and on and on and on. So, man, shout out to Coldplay and shout out to her, you know, doing their thing for show, for show. And then, last but not least, we have the Full Circle Tour, which Quez is currently on the road for right now with Kim, Babyface, and of course, going to be hosted by Sherry Shepard. And then we're going to also. We're also going to see uh, Kevin Ross on some dates as well uh, when Sherry can't make it. So, please, you know, rehearsals been going on and popping, and now you guys are heading out on the road. Yeah. So, okay, so we just got to Petersburg, Virginia this morning. For some of you that are uh, close to me, we were, I was telling y'all about it earlier today and last night. Some of y'all was with me on the phone uh, on the road. Uh, but we we just got to Petersburg, Virginia earlier today. We're at the VSU Center. We did a, a full rehearsal with the stage and everything. Um, so that worked out pretty well today. Um, and tomorrow is a full dress rehearsal for everybody, for Kim and Babyface. And Wednesday is the first show here in Petersburg, Virginia. And on the 31st, we'll be in Baltimore, Maryland. We'll be in the DMV area the same time that new edition is. They'll be in DC. We'll be in Baltimore. And then we go up to Springfield, Massachusetts, and then Philadelphia. That is our first uh, four sets of shows back to back. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great time. Make sure you guys get your tickets, man. Absolutely. And I'm definitely going to try and make it to the Detroit stop for sure. You know, definitely excited you know, for, you know, Kim to do this tour and to have him as a headliner and have Babyface go on before him. That ain't that something, man. So. Listen, me and Kenny, me and Kenny laughed about that today. Uh, We laughed about it when it was booked. We laughed about it. uh, We were in uh, uh, Putacana doing another festival earlier this year. And we laughed about it today. And he said, you know, I can't get mad because right now he's one of the guys killing the R&B game. He was like, but I'm coming to whip y'all ass. And I said, well, that's debatable, right? <laughs> but no, that's just me being funny and supporting my act, my artist, Kim. But I, uh, it's going to be a great tour. I saw Babyface's set. And y'all forgive me. Sometimes I say Kenny because I'm used to calling him Kenny. But I saw his set today. And uh, he's got a pretty good thing going. He's added some elements to his show. And this is going to be a phenomenal show. This will be probably the only tour that I've done where I've actually, probably every night, I'm going to watch everybody perform because I'm that interested. I'm that excited for it. So it's going to be great. Yes, definitely looking forward to it. Of course, make sure you guys go get your tickets for the full circle tour featuring Tim, Babyface, Sherry Shepard, Kevin Ross on select dates is going to be a good one. And right now, let's get into uh, one of our favorites from our guy, Kim. This is definitely like a nice little hustle, you know, hustle, you know, ballroom song over here. So let's go ahead and let's get into it. Here is Lie to Me right here on WOAC Radio. Listening to Love 101 from the top of the world. Chemistry, chemistry. Hey girl, 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 girl. 
I thought it was one long season. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> technically, this would be the beginning of season three. Yes. Yeah, it would technically be the beginning of season three. So uh, they're actually kicking off the new season on April 17th with an Easter special. So, um, of course, the first gospel you know, verses they did was really dope. It was Kirk Franklin versus Fred Hammond, and it was super dope. Marvin Sapp, Marvin Sapp stopped by. Tim LeMann stopped by. And it was super dope. Well, this time around, uh, it will be a uh, sibling rivalry match, uh, so to speak. So it's going to be Mary Mary versus BB and CC Winans. And that's kicking off on April 17th. Thoughts on that? Hey, I, I, I got BB and CC. Hey. I'm a fan of both. But all I know is once addictive love comes on, all they got to do is play the little synthesizer part at the beginning, and it's it's over. That's that's all I need. I don't need to hear anything else. Yeah, for sure. Like, obviously, I'm gonna go with my with my Detroit brethren, of course, BB and CC, um, representing Detroit. Uh, but Mary Mary got some bangers too. Like in the morning yesterday, I already know when they hit yesterday, I'm gonna be crying my eyes out for sure. Like, oh, wait. 
I just realized BB and CC are from the DD. <laughs> that's horrible. Oh, God, that, is, that was that's terrible. the worst stuff you've ever said, EJ. <laughs> you said plenty of bad ones. That that takes the cake. It really does. It really, really does. And then also, um, as you know, like with their initial announcement, you know, they blank out, you know, some of the the names that way you won't know until it gets closer. Uh, but we do know there's going to be a Mother's Day special on May 8th. Uh, we do know May 14th, that's going to be a Trilliverse 5 Fight Night Music boxing special. And we do have details on that. It's going to be uh, a boxing match. Uh, Sergey Polev, uh, Polev Brothers, Vargas Dynasty, and Evan, Ho- Evan Holyfield. And that's going to be on Saturday, May 14th. And it's going to be a music battle, Cypress Hill versus Onyx. Where the hell they dig up these Negroes from? But I'm excited though. I don't. I don't know. I think they should have got um, Q and um, Hakeem oh and uh, Kim, Kim and <laughs> try to do that little battle. Yeah. That was even worse than EJ's. My God. Okay. CPQ should have should have went in there. You know, hey, you know? listen, because I tell people all the time I like CPQ more than Freestyle Unity. I'm still waiting for a CPQ album. Oh my exactly. God, I don't have it. Long oh, as they don't let Malisha sing. Children, yeah, children, children, children. All right, and then, of course, uh, they're going to have a Memorial Day weekend uh, with two matchups. There's going to be a special guest host. Then they're going to have a V-Series live show uh, on June 6th. And it is the series premiere of, I guess, they're adding a new function to Versus. And they're going to have a special guest there. Then on June 19th, they're going to have a Juneteenth special. Um, you know what happened with the last one. Um, and then July. I got, I got, I got a lot of good sleep from the last one. <laughs> Wait, who was the last I one? Was, I, it was, the um, was John Legend and Alicia Legend. Keys. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the one we don't remember. That was the, yeah, that was Lyrical NyQuil that night. Yeah. I, y'all are terrible. Anyway, best sleep I, I've ever gotten. I bet I appreciate the dueling pianos. Y'all, y'all suck. Anyway, and then July they're gonna have their very first label matchup. Who do you think that's gonna be? If it ain't, I'm gonna tell you right now. If it ain't No Limit versus Cash Money or Bad Boy versus So So Jeff, I don't want it. Oh yeah, No Limit versus Cash Money. That's never happening because they had real street beef. Let let's let's try to look at the blurred out words and see what I was, was trying to. <laughs> I was, I was trying, trying so hard. I couldn't figure it out. I was trying to like Google if there was where you, you can like unblur words on Photoshop. I was definitely about to do it. <laughs> right there. That's like EJ. He used to try to watch those nasty um channels <laughs> that was blurred out. I can make out a leg. Oh my gosh. Oh my lord. All right. And then of course they're going to have a uh, August 8th uh in honor of 808 day so we'll see what happens there and of course you know you got to keep it locked to the versus instagram all right quiz it is up to you huh, huh. <laughs> like what do you think uh, <laughs> like what do you think about uh, the versus okay matchups? so okay so i'll i'll say this if you guys remember this time last year they did the same thing as we prepared for the isley brothers and earth when fire and uh we were the the Easter special last year, and then SWV and Escape, we were the Easter, I mean, we were the Mother's Day special last year for season two. So uh, I'll say this, EJ, you can't go by the blurred words because if you go back and look at that post, both of those 
spaces were too big for SWV and Escape. So that's oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it throws you off. You guys wouldn't know. Um, somebody asked me the other day, "Am I involved at all this year?" And I am. And they actually gave us. Um, we actually have confidentiality agreements now because some people ran their minds ahead of time. So I am involved. Uh, there will be someone that I am involved with at Versus, but you guys will see. You'll check it out. Uh, as soon as we're allowed to talk, which they'll probably, they've told us that they'll allow us to talk a few hours before they make the announcement. So, you know, of course, my original album club family will get the tea first. But um, yeah, I will be involved this year. Yeah, because I, I feel like who or I feel like Loretta Devine and uh, well, that movie came to come. You gonna show me that note? <laughs> you gonna show me that note? I hate you! Oh my god! Not yeah, you we'll gonna see. show me that note? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. Also, hello, Kevin. How are you? Kevin has snuck up in here and everything. All right. Listen, so uh, let's... it's always it's always a blessing when Kev comes. Like, hey, he's here. He's Kevin's like the Michael Jackson of the original album club. Like, we're <laughs> blessed if he comes. If he makes it, it's a blessing. And then we never know what we're gonna get. We might get Billy Jean. We might get Human Nature. We don't know. We just gotta let Mike. No, I had another play. analogy, but <laughs> it's borderline. Like, he might get mad. Y'all remember um, Home Improvement? Remember Wilson? <laughs> The guy from behind the fence. Only difference is Kev is talking from behind like a pile of paperwork. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! Yeah, he does though. It's like he's literally like the hardest working man out of all of it, out of all of us. Like seriously, like he'd be listening to us. He's on the other phone, and then he's using another phone for something else, <laughs> and then he's doing paperwork, and and he's doing everything else. Man, yeah. it's crazy. So and then I, and then he calls and cusses me out and says. I don't check in with him enough and that I'm too busy and I'm too Hollywood, but it's his ass, not me. I just want that to be on record. Y'all clip this, record this, highlight this shit on the podcast. Kevin is way more busier than me and he's the reason we don't talk that much. Not me. Thank you. Man, I'm just waiting for Kevin to get off of his get off of his mic and curse your ass out right now. All right, well, let's get into some more music. Of course, uh, Verse is still going strong. Make sure you lock in with them on Instagram. And they're also, uh, they're actually partnering with Lena Waite for a uh, Versus documentary. Ain't that something? I don't, I don't see why that's warranted. We'll go with it. Anyway, let's get into some music. You know, it's definitely time for a praise break, I should say. So here is BB and CeCe Winans, who we are all putting our money on on uh, the verses for the Easter Sunday. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to hell for that one. Uh, but anyway, here is Addictive Love right here on WOHD Radio. Check it out.
This is WOHD Radio, Real Talk, Real Conversation, Real People. Thank you so much for joining us. And now we have our very special guest joining us. And Quez, you know, would you like to do the honors to introduce our very special guest to WOHD Radio? Hey, man, this is a woman that I absolutely adore. Most of you know her for her hit single duet with Keith Sweat entitled Make It Last Forever, which happens to be not just her biggest hit, but also Keith's biggest hit. Um, She's a sweetheart. She's an amazing vocalist. Uh, I had the pleasure of being on tour with her in, what was it, 89, I think. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, no other than the one and only Miss Jackie McGee. Yes. Welcome, Miss Jackie. Hi, guys. Can y'all hear we can me? Hear you loud yes, and clear. Welcome, welcome. How you doing? How you doing? Hi, y'all. And we are so honored to have you join us here on WOAC Radio. Thank you so much. Oh, you are so welcome, man. I, you know, this is my my first time um, even doing Clubhouse, so it's like, how do I do this again? <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. We are truly honored that you even, you know, joined the clubhouse just to be here with little old us we appreciate right, right. it for sure now Quez, oh, man, it's an honor and the honor is all ours for sure for sure now Quez, man like you have some history with her like touring together so tell us a little bit about that 
So not a lot, not a lot. But when Make It Last Forever was out, uh, of course, she was out touring with Keith and I was out with Gerald. And uh, we crossed paths a lot. And it was a lot of um, shows together. It was a lot of, you know, promo stuff together. And uh, I was always a lover of Jackie. She had, um, we'll get into it a little bit, but she had a great album that came out um, that uh we I guess we can get into later that wasn't really promoted properly. Uh, but she's a phenomenal vocalist and I just wish that she got her flowers a little bit more. And to really be honest, I'ma tell this and um Jackie made a video and it kind of it went viral on IG and it's what made me reach out to her to be on the podcast today. Um and uh we'll talk about that a little bit later too, but I just I wanted to give her her flowers and I wanted her to smell her flowers while she's here to receive them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all gonna make me cry. Oh, no, no. (laughs) But yeah, that's what we hear. Like, original album club, we give folks their flowers, especially those who have made a significant impact on music. Not just black music, but music in general so we're definitely going to get into that and give you your flowers miss jackie because that's what we're here to do ma'am thank you thank you thank you yeah for sure and let's get into some music um let's get into this track uh ej has it together uh here is jesus which is definitely one of my favorite words in the english language ever (laughs) so Man, definitely, I love that word. I'm just saying. All right, here's Jackie McGee with Kiza. We got Jackie McGee here in the building, y'all. This is WOAT Radio. I came in with the sex of all 
yes, yes, that was Giza by Miss Jackie McGee right here on WOAC Radio. And we have the queen herself, Jackie McGee, joining us here for this very special episode. And once again, thank you so much for joining us for sure. Oh, you are welcome. More than welcome. Yes. Now, that was, of course, you know, from your debut album, which uh, I believe was released 20 years ago this year. I want to say, well, no. 30. 30. Yes, 30, 30 years ago. I keep on forgetting it's like 2022 and not 2012. That's that's just me. But yeah, like we you can transport back to the time. Like, what was it like the recording of that debut album, you know, like right in the middle of the whole new Jack Swing era and all of that? Like, if you can take us back in time for a little bit about the making of that album. Well, what happened was um, right after it hurt, I mean, uh, after uh, Make It Last Forever, I was about to say it hurts me. Um, right after Make It Last Forever, I went in, I, I um, ended up doing a record deal with um, MCA Universal. And um, I thought my phone was off. It's like, why is it making noise? Sorry, y'all. Um, it's all good. <laughs> what is that? God no, love so, technology. Right. It's like, what happened? But um, so I signed with MC Universal and in 89 and um, actually Andre Harrell was managing me for two minutes. And um, he came to me with this idea of being the queen of the ghetto. And I was like, what, Dre? And he was like, Jack, I'm telling you, this would be hot. You could be the queen of the ghetto, um, the queen of hip-hop soul and i was like nah he was like yo the shrimp earrings everything jack i'm telling you you can pull this off it's gonna be hot i didn't see it for me so you know because at that time i had um i was waiting for my record to come out um so this was 89 90. so i had already i went in i started doing my record um dre had this whole idea and i was like no I'm not going to do that. So I ended up leaving him because we really didn't have no, you know, nothing on paper. We just was on some, okay, you want to manage me? I'm down. But we didn't really work out. So I ended up getting Hiram Hicks, um, who managed um, New Edition BBD. Um, and then he took on Keep Sweat after I started. Um, when, when Once he took me as an artist, then... Key Sweat came behind me and um, and I'm trying to think who else I can't remember. But um, so we ended up, you know, he had Teddy. He had Teddy for a second, too. Who hired? Yeah, Teddy. Yeah, he had Teddy for a split second, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what was going on with all their situations. But um, <laughs> I know Hiram, he managed um, Stanley Brown who uh, producer Stanley Brown, you know, who did um, Don't Wake Me, I'm Dreaming on Christopher Williams and a whole bunch of other stuff. But um, he had a lot, Spider-Man and Freeze. He had a lot of producers that he also managed. But what happened was Teddy and Keith got into it and didn't want to produce my album together. So they both agreed to do, you know, one to do one half and the other one to do the other. And then Teddy was like, nah, I don't want to do it. I'm not doing it at all. And I was crying, you know, flipping because I started with Teddy 
you know, me and Teddy used to have a band when we were 19. So when I met Keith Sweat, I met Keith Sweat at a, a club in New York. I was singing, um, filling in with this band and Keith um, was there and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Keith Sweat. He was just Keith Sweat that sung with, used to sing with Jamila, you know, that Keith Sweat. So he, um, he you know, he said to me, I want to, you know, he was like, I want to, um, I want you to come to the studio. I'm working on a, a project. And I was like, yeah, okay. So, you know, that's that line everybody used. So it took me about a month. I ended up going to the studio and to speed things up, Teddy was there. And um, I was like, what you doing here? And he was like, I'm working on a project. So I was, you know, I was in from there. I was like, oh, if you're working on it, then I know he must be good or cool, you know, to work with. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. So, um, you know, we did Don't Stop Your Love. We And then I Wonder was done and then we did Make It Last. So, you know, speeding it back up to my album. Um, when they were fussing about my album, I was upset because I'm like, okay, Teddy, I came in with you. Me and you had a band together at 19 years old. Like we don't, you know, I felt like he stepped out on me basically. And um, so Keith and I ended up doing you know, songs together, but Keith, he didn't do the whole record either. Um, we did a song called It Hurts Me. It was my second single um, after Skeezer. Skeezer, I don't, I can't remember what it did on Billboard. Um, it did okay, but it was number one on the box because of the nasty little video. You know, that was before the Beyonce's <laughs> and all that with people, you know, all up in the cage, but um, Herbie Lovebug produced it. Um, you know, Herbie Lovebug that... Yep produced salt and pepper yep. that had kid and play and all of them so herbie produced it but herbie produced it after i did a favor for him i came in and did expressions for salt and pepper um he had called me up and said jack you know i, I want you to see, see if you can come in and fix a, a record for me i was like all right so i went in me and stanley brown we went in and we were looking at each other like what are we supposed to do with this and um I I took the, you know, took what he gave me. I rewrote my part, you know. I I was like, okay, let me do this and make it sound like Shaka would sing it or something. Because I wanted to do, you know, a hip-hop record. At this time, when we did it, I was waiting for my record to come out. So I didn't have anything to do. And they kind of put my record on the shelf. So I was like, you know what, I'm finished my album. Let me just go ahead and do, I can do this. But they didn't want to give me a point on the album, on the single. And um, I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't do it. Hiram told me not to do it. And I said, yeah, you know what? I got money right now. I'm good. I'll do it. I don't, you know, I don't have a problem doing it. I just wanted to see if I could do a hip hop record, you know, and it pop, you know. So I ended up doing it. I didn't get any, I gave up my, my credits for, you know, writing anything or with singing so i only got like triple scale and that's like seven hundred dollars so the record goes double platinum the single goes double platinum it sells two million two million singles and it was their first number one record on on the billboard hip-hop charts so now i'm like what the heck was i thinking <laughs> you know right i'm like wait a minute i was giving money away so Hiram was like i told you didn't i tell you not to do it but, you know, it was rather here nor there. And, and, you know, I did it. A lot of people don't even know that I did it. Um, 
that I had make it last forever. And then, you know, expressions with salt and pepper because I was in between, you know, sitting back, waiting for my record to come back, come out. So I was thinking of all kinds of stuff to do while I was waiting for my record to drop. And um, that just, it came out and it blew up. But the thing was, when we did the video, Herbie Lovebug's um, house caught on fire. So it was supposed to be me, Herbie, and Play from Kid and Play. We were going to be bums, and then we were going to get dressed up. And, you know, like we got money and, you know, fly. We walk in the runway, and we got all fly or whatever. But Salt was like, oh, well, Herbie's not here. I didn't hear about this. So, you know, the video director was saying, well, it's right here. Herbie wanted them to change their clothes. He was supposed to do it, but he's not here. But she was like, he wanted, you know, all of them to change their clothes, dress up and be fly. Salt right. didn't want that. So she was like, no, because he's not here and we're not doing that. So, you know, I was ready to fight her. Oh no. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad on the set. So I was like, all right, you know what? We good, we done. I changed my clothes. I was ready to leave and Herbie gets there and he's like, Jack, where you going? And I said, well, I'm out. I did my part. And he was like, but wait a minute. We were supposed to change and, you know, get fly. What happened? So he went and he talked to Millicent and he was talking to Salt. And, you know, Millicent was like, I ain't in this. Salt said no. And Herbie was like, why would you tell Jackie no? This is what we're supposed to be doing. And by the time he went through all of that, I said, you know what, Herbie, don't worry about it. And I left. So... The video was just like it was. I was a little bum in the garbage can through the whole thing. And that was fine with me because, you know, um, to whom much is given, much is re required. So at the end of the day, you know what? You get all of that. You want to be the star. Now you got to, now you got to, you know, say what it is. Eventually, you're going to have to say what you did. Um, and also, you know, last shall be first, first shall be last. So I'm like, you know, I bowed, I bowed down. I bowed out of it. And... Um, to this day, it, it hurts me because I'm, you know, I was fighting with them over performance royalties with, with the, at the same time, um, spin was suing them, you know, I'm going back right. and forth with them to get my, you know, residuals just for my performance royalties. And, you know, salt didn't want me to have them. She was like, well, Jackie did a deal with Herbie and da, 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 da. First of all, there was no performance royalties back then. Right. That didn't come into play, you know, until like 2006 or so. So now you want to take that money too? I'm like, wait a minute. I gave up money on a double platinum single. That was double platinum in the States. That wasn't even around the world. So, and I gave up my writer's credit. And you still being greedy? You kidding me? So, you know, I just let it, I had to let it go because the most high put it on my spirit, let it go. Because I didn't have an attorney to sue. So, most high was like, let it go. Just let it go. I got this. Let it go. And you know, you know, we stay in our feelings and we ready to, what? What do you mean, uh, father? Why I got to let this go? I was all in my feelings. But <laughs> saying all that to say, you know, um, people think that I just did make it last forever because they don't know that I did expressions. Um and my debut, you know, album, which was um, Jackie McGee. And It Hurts Me did really well on the Billboard charts. That was a single with Keith Sweat. That was my second single. And um, I just got caught up in politics of the record label. So it was so many artists, so many great, you know, R&B artists on MCA. 
You know, that was the black label. So everybody right. was there, you know, New Edition, Bobby Brown, um, Gladys Knight, Patti LaBelle, um, um, Jody Watley, um, um, oh my gosh, it was everybody plus the Uptown Records crew. So you had all of these artists and they're like, we got to figure out what quarter to put you out in and whatever, whatever. So my record got pushed back two years and, you know, it didn't come out in 90, it came out in 92. But in between that time that the record didn't come out, that's when I did Expressions. And then I also went out on the road with the rock group Toto. And um, I was singing Hold the Line, Georgie Porgy, um, Africa, all of that. And that was like the best time of my career because, you know, I was able to go out with a rock group and see how much you get pampered, how, you know, how much money you really can make. And, you know, just all love. We fly in first class, private jets, you know, everything, a daggone, you know, uh, chef traveling with us and all that. So it's like, you go, it's, you know, you like living in this glamorous world now. And you're like, darn, this R&B is not like this. Right. <laughs> like, R&B is not like this. But, um, you know, I did. I did a lot. You know, I sung on Chucky Booker's record project. I was doing so much that I wasn't even, you know, worried about what I wasn't doing. You know, I had to keep myself busy so that I wouldn't cry because my record wasn't coming out when it was, you know, when it was supposed to. But, um, you know, by my second album i finished it it was done i did songs with jermaine dupree i did songs with chucky booker i did songs with um mark gordon from lavert um i did songs with um, i was i was just about to say that I, that's what i wanted to bring up was that a lot of people don't know that you ended up being the reference track for a lot of people and specifically, I remember when Mark, because I remember when Mark would play stuff, he'd be like, that's Jackie. You know, he's Jackie. Hiram's Jackie. And I'd be like, why the fuck is her music not out? This sounds amazing. I was always confused. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a lot going on. And, you know, now when I look back on it, I know that it was the most high keeping me from a lot of things he didn't want me to do. And, um, you know, when... When he's in the in the picture, first of all, he's the creator. So when he's in that picture and he's pulling you back, he's pulling you back for a reason. And uh, somebody said something real mean. I I was um, doing an interview and I talked about you know the the thing with Andre coming to me because we were talking about Andre Harrell. So I was talking about how Andre you know came to me and talked to me about being the the um, queen of the ghetto and whatever. Um, it had nothing to do with Mary. Mary was, wasn't even around yet. And, um, you know, and when Mary was the one that ended up being that, it was for Mary. It was not for me. I love me some Mary J. That's my girl. And it wasn't for me. You know what I mean? I, I was there when, when Jeff Red brought her in. Um, I was even going to work with her doing, you know, artist development. We, we kind of started something and then we had to like put to put it to bed. But um, Mary, Mary fit that, you know, it wasn't for me. I couldn't pull that off. Mary definitely fit that. And 
I know that that was ordained. That wasn't for Jackie. You know what I mean? And I'm a mother. You know, I'm like, I, I have children. My oldest son is, is going to be 27 next month. And my uh, middle son is 23, about to graduate college in May. And, um, and I have a daughter that's 12, that's diabetic, type 1 diabetic. But, you know, I say when I'm looking back at my career, certain things was just not for me. And um, after my second album didn't come out, uh, I got dropped right after I finished the album. The album was phenomenal, phenomenal record. Um, my A&R, um, Dominique Trenier, he passed away um, a few years ago. I love Dom. Dom actually ended up leaving MCA and managing um, D'Angelo. And he was the one that got D'Angelo working out, the whole fitness thing, getting fly. And they did that amazing album that D'Angelo put out um, that everybody was going crazy because he was half naked, um, you know, with the six, eight pack. Yeah, and, we remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we remember. Dom, Dominique was you know, he was the power train behind that whole project. And um, I remember when he had called me before he left MCA and when they dropped me, they dropped 14 other acts too. It was like me, Jody Watley, Eric B, there's a whole bunch of us that got dropped. And I remember him calling me and he was like, Jack, I want to tell you this before anybody else tells you this. And he was like, sounding like he was crying. And I was like, what's the matter, Dom? And he was like, Jack, you, you, you're not going to be happy. And I said, what? They're going to drop me? And he said, yeah, they're going to drop you. He said, after we did this effing amazing album, they're going to drop you. And I started crying, of course. And, you know, I was, um, I was pregnant. I was seven months pregnant with my first son. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. I can't. It's too much. So um, after... I left the, the label. I was, I was in the hole like a hundred. I mean, um, one point one million dollars, something like that. And uh, my attorney went in and they erased my whole, you know, my whole tab. So I wouldn't owe them anything. And they gave me twenty twenty G's and sent me on my way. And um, I was like, I'm not going to say anymore. I don't want to do this because it's too, it, it's too many letdowns. I was like, I just, I don't want to do this. I just want to have my child and whatever. But I, um, after I had my son, I decided to go to cosmetology school. Cause I was like, you know what, maybe I'll open a salon. And, um, I, I was in school and I was almost to the end of it. And I get a phone call cause I'm still a writer for MCA universal. So I get a phone call from, you know, my rep and she's like, I have two situations for you. Would you do them? Would you do it? Do, or would you be interested? And I was like, what is it? And I'm thinking something to write. And I was, she said, well, um, some people from brand new heavies called me and then some people from, from the family stand called me and they wanted to know if you would be interested in doing the brand new heavies or she said the family stand. So I was like, oh man, that's a hard one. Cause I like both. Um, and I'm thinking, thinking, and I'm like, okay, the brand new heavies, that's me. Cause I'm all, you know, eclectic and crazy and always looking nuts. And, um, and then I was like, I love the family stand because Sandra St. Victor was like my girl, the lead singer. So, you know, they had already the ghetto heaven. I, you know, I knew Sandra and I loved the fact that she could do rock and all of that. So I was like, yeah, which one should I do? So I ended up doing 
the family stand. Um, Peter thought my voice fit everything. So we did an album called Connected. Um, I did graduate from cosmetology school while I was doing the record. Um, and the album is phenomenal. The Connected album is phenomenal. I, I think that's the, some of the dopest work that I did. And um, we had our single, um, You Don't Have to Worry, it was playing all over the, the um, Warner Brothers stores and all of that. And then it started doing very well overseas. So we went to London and we were, um, they were putting a tour together for us to go out on the road in Europe to, for us to do a European tour. So they had it all together. We were going to do this European tour. And then I don't know what happened. Sylvia Rome and Peter didn't see eye to eye on things, I guess. I don't know exactly what happened. Um, but she pulled, she pulled, you know, pulled the project. And that was it for me. I was like, okay, I, I had, I had enough of this. Cause you know, how many times can the most high show you that maybe you're not supposed to be doing this, you know? So I'm like, okay, father, you gave me this gift. So what is it? What is it that you need me to do? And I just kind of laid back again and was like, I don't know if I want this. I don't know. You know, it's too many, it's too much, too much heartache and, and letdowns. And, um, I started a clothing line um, called Mags Rags. And I was like, you know, let me just do, let me just do this for a minute. And, you know, it was doing pretty well. Um, I made skirts and jackets and stuff from denim and leather. And I ended up doing um, a skirt for Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, some other, you know, people in the industry. I did um, right, right. Jasmine Guy and um, I did Free from from uh, 106 and Park. I did some stuff for her. I did, um, I was doing it for a lot of people. And, and the woman, um, Patricia Fields, that was the stylist for Sex in the City. I used to shop in her store all the time in the village. And she saw one of my skirts and lost her mind. She saw my girlfriend with one on because my girlfriend was singing with Cher. And she, she was like, oh my gosh, where did you get that from? And she told her, you know, my girlfriend was like, oh, my best friend, she does these. And she asked me what I do one for Sarah Jessica Parker and then would I put them in her store and I did and everything was, you know, rocking with that. And then, um, you know, it was slow. It was going slow into something really good. And, um, and then the guy that was sewing for me, he started getting high. So that was a wrap for that for whatever, but right. you know, I was just being mommy and it was hustling. Yeah. Def and I was, doing, I was doing, um, jingles for television you know, um, I did, um, like a pill, I did Pillsbury. I did, um, what do you call it? I did, um, Lane Bryant. I was doing all kinds of stuff, toupees, Colgate, whatever it was. And they had a check for me. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I know that's right. That's <laughs> I wanted to I ask don't you, love a check. no, go ahead. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you, um, we, we like kind of jumped right into your MCA days. How did you get your, uh, start? of course within music was it church based or did you just fall in line of course uh singing on the radio and noticing you had a great voice how did you get started well my brother-in-law was already in the business and um he he brought me in um when i was like i remember going to see new edition when they were kids like me um he was playing for new edition and I went to the show and, and, you know, of course I would have never thought that, you know, that's going to be family, 
you know, we all managed by Hiram and, you know, we become like a big family. So it's like, you don't know what your life is going to be. And I'm sitting here, you know, doing this. I'm, I'm on stage while they performing, watching them. And then my brother-in-law started playing for, he was in the group Change when um, Luther Vandross was the lead singer for Change. And then um, he was playing for other people anyway. So he was playing for New Edition. I mean, uh, yeah, New Edition. And then he was playing for M. Tume. So when he was playing for M. Tume, that's when I was like, okay, this is for me. Because I watched Tombs. That, that's Uncle M. Tume for me. You know, Most High Rest His Soul. Um, M. Tume and Tawatha changed my life. Just watching them perform. And then M. Tume became my family. You know, M. Tume's family became my family. And, you know, that's Uncle M. Tume. And um, just to have somebody as as legendary as Tombs is, you know, with all the hits M. Tume has written, he and Reggie Lucas, you know, doing Stephanie Mills, Phyllis Hyman, um, you know, that whole Philadelphia international sound. That was just amazing in itself. So when I did graduate from high school, I started singing um, with my, my brother-in-law had a band with Johnny Kemp and, you know, some other people and Melissa Morgan and Allison Williams, everybody was around in these days in the cellar in New York um, on 96th Street, 95th and um, Amsterdam Avenue. Everybody came out of the cellar, like from Melissa, Allison, Johnny, all of them, everybody came out of the cellar. And um, I started singing with Johnny and I was 17 going on 18 and they groomed me. Um, they groomed me for stage. So, you know, I was destined to do what I was doing, but I didn't know how short it was gonna be. You know what I mean? I didn't know that the most I was gonna allow me to have, you know, two big records with share them with other people but also allow them to be classics and legendary so you know somebody said something that was weird the other day on a, on a on an interview that i did this girl that saw it the guy that posted he's such a sweetheart he posted it kind of weird and it was like jackie um was supposed to be the queen of hip-hop soul before marrying i was like you can't word it like that because that's not how it happened and um somebody wrote well she only got one hit with keith sweat and she can't um mess with mary so let her stay where she is i don't know why she wrote that because everybody ate her up and it was like and i just you know i had a backup and i said you know i was like you didn't listen to the interview I said it had nothing to do with Mary. Mary wasn't even around. I was telling the story of how Andre Harrell came to me with this idea. It had and nothing to do with Mary J. Blige, anything. Because she was trying to say, oh, because Mary did the Super Bowl. And I was talking about that the same time as the Super Bowl. But she apologized. She actually wrote back to me and apologized and was like, I'm sorry. She was like, I was in my feelings because that other girl, Jaguar, whatever. And she was like, you really more, you know, you 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 are a legend and I can't compare you to her and X, Y, Z. I was just like, 
you know, I said, it, it's hurtful, you know, when people say things like that, when, you know, I'm not like that. That's not something I do. I don't go around just bashing, you know, singers or any of that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everybody their props and their flowers, especially if they deserve them. And I know what Mary went through. You know, I know her struggle. That's why I say she is the queen of hip hop soul because she earned that title. She went through hell. And I know the hell that she went through. You know what I mean? Some of it. So hey, you know sure. what? You know what, Jackie? I tell people all the time, they make these assumptions and they make these comments in 2022. They don't understand what we went through in the 90s and the 80s and understand that not just Andre, but even when you look at um, Gerald Busby, you look at uh, Barry Gordy, Dick Griffey, right. everybody, they all had visions and That's they right. had to find the right person to fit that vision. That's right. And everybody don't fit that vision. Like I tell people all the time, what they want to do with one artist, they, they have this idea, but it may not work with this artist. Right. So then they try it on the next artist. And sometimes they try it on three or four artists until they get it right. That's right. And when it came down to that, I remember those conversations. That was supposed to be you. Because the way that the way that Andre was setting it up, and even kind of how Hiram was kind of pitching you, that was supposed to be your role. You were supposed to be what Mary J is today. Now, of course, like we say, it didn't work out that way. God had other plans, but that's the way that it was being set up initially. And I think, unfortunately, you got caught up in that shuffle of MCA and everybody at MCA having a damn pissing contest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we know that you were supposed to do a lot, lot more. But I want to say this, Jackie. Um, of course, we talk on social media sometimes. But when I saw that video that you posted the other day, I had no idea when you remixed that reel and right. the, the guy sent me. Yes. So to know that make it last forever is your biggest hit and even Keith's biggest hit. Let's not get it twisted. Y'all Keith's biggest hit is make it last forever to know that that's your biggest hit. And to know that whenever you, at any given time of the day, you can get in your car, you can go to a store, and you'll hear that record. And I never knew all this time because you always smiling, you always happy. Even when we did the what was it, Jackie? The the sweat hotel thing in like two thousand and six, two thousand. Yeah, right. You were happy then, right? I never saw you with a frown. I never saw you upset. And to know that after watching that video, that you ended up hating that song and you ended up hating what that song did for you in a negative term and it had you in tears that broke me down and that's what made me reach out and that's what made me say jackie's our next guest on our show and briefly can you tell our listening audience why you feel that way about that record and why were you in that space at that time so when the, when when the woman put what she put on that on that YouTube um, interview that I did when she put that, it brought out the the feelings that I had, you know, that I was holding in for the record, and it's not so much the record. It made me it made me sad 
because I'm like, okay, father, you gave me this gift. We have a classic record. You know, you allowed me to be able to rock the stage, you know, to make this song big because we didn't have a video. So the song got big from us being on the road, rocking it in every city. And then I had to stop, you know, I stopped singing with Keith because I had my own record, but you know, we had our little differences. It was things that I didn't like um, that I saw around me. But, you know, even when I did the Sweat Hotel, um, we had to talk before we even did that. Um, and, and not to, you know, make anybody look bad, but at the end of the day, you know, stuff is what it is. And I have been homeless and not homeless on the street. I was homeless living from house to house for seven years up until, up until November, 2020. And that's when I finally got my apartment in Atlanta. And I called Keith in that time. And I said, cause I left my husband and, um, my daughter was four and it was, you know, it was like, okay, what are we doing? And I called Keith and I said, you know, can I come out and do make it last forever and don't stop your love and everything else that I sung on, um, knew that you were cheating, um, everything right in the wrong way, everything that I sung on, I, I was like, what do you, whatever you need me to come and sing on. Cause I need to make some money so I can get back on my feet. He was like, let me think about it. I said, okay. So he was taking his time calling me back. Two weeks later, I called him and I was like, well, what's up? You know, he said, well, I can't do that to meet you. I can't bring you out on the road to let you do the songs because she does them. And that's not right. That's not fair to her. I said, excuse me. I said, first of all, Keith, I love Michi, but at the same time, I did those records and I'm sure that people want to see me. And that brings you a whole lot more, you know, of excitement to your show. Right. Right. So I'm like, you know, no disrespect to Michi. I would never take any coins out of anybody's mouth to feed their family. So I was like, this has nothing to do with Michi. This has everything to do with you saying yes or no. I was like, all I'm asking you to do is let me come to do, I can just do make it last forever. Don't stop your love. That's it. I don't have to do nothing else or even just make it last forever. That's it. But I need to make some coins. He told me no. So I said, all right, whatever. That's and crazy then, because Meech could have still did nobody. She could have still did the all the cut close stuff. Right. And you could have did your stuff. But I want you to know I'm sitting here with my mouth wide open because I don't fuck it. We're going to be unadulterated. I don't know if you know this, but right now, a lot of us are not getting along with Keith. Um, and I am oh sitting here with my mouth open because there was something that transpired with Meech and she's no longer there anymore. Right. And I'm like, you could have then reached out to Jackie instead of getting this girl that you got up there. Not that can't sing, but I'm a mind my business. But oh, Lord. 
That's crazy. And the yo, that's not crazy. That's fucking insane. And I'm tired of keep saying that. <laughs> you know what? You probably saying uh, you probably saying everything that a whole bunch of people want to say. You know, and see people that are they're afraid to say it. They're yeah. afraid to say it because they think that you know they you know they're like oh well you know Keith is my man. Keith is nobody's boy. First of all, Keith is no Keith ain't cool with nobody. Keith, Keith is, is cool Keith. with the dollar. All day, all day. He's cool with the he dollar. Don't care about nothing. He don't care about nothing but them coins and Keith, because Keith is very arrogant. And you know anybody that come comes and be like, <laughs> what's up? What's good? What's, holding themselves and all of that. You are, you should already know something ain't right. But he got hits. But my thing is, you don't you don't get excused because you got hits. You know, that's not an excuse. And I'm not going to dog him, but I'm going to tell you this. This woman got on my live in December. And I was, you know, I, I have a ja I have this thing where I do Jackie's Closet Live when I have, you know, the artists come on and talk. And I have Mark Gordon on there, Chucky Booker, you know, Steve um, Russell from True Flex and Shanice and all that, right? But I, I do another live when I'm talking to people, you know, we talking about hurts and pains and getting healed, you know, um, from these generational curses and all that. And I'm talking and um, this woman comes on and she's in the comments and she says, um, well, how are you trying to talk to people and help people heal? And you're a cokehead. I was like, what? Oh my. What? Oh, my. So I'm sitting there like, wait, wait, what's she talking about? So everybody that was on the live went at her. Like, who are you? And they was like, you know, B, get off. Like, and I was like, no, y'all don't do that. Don't do that. Because I was like, that's not how we roll. Let me hear what she have to say. So she was typing in the comments. And then I was like, you know, let me put you on live. So I put her on. And... She didn't show her face, which was fine. She's a mother. And she said, I was at the show in D.C. And she said, people wanted to know where you were. And Keith Sweat said that you are a cokehead and that you had a drug problem. And this is why he doesn't bring you out on the road. So wow. I told you. Wait a fuck. Kenneth Cryer. Okay. So, okay. you know, people were saying in the comments, well, she's lying. We don't believe her. She's lying. And I, I said to, cause she said, you know, I, I just wanted to know how you talking to people to help them heal. If you have a problem, I said, I said, miss. And I asked her what her name was. And she told me her name. And I said her name. And I said, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I said, I have never done drugs in my life. I can't even smoke weed. Cause I, you know, when I did try to puff some weed about, Four times in my entire life, I was like, take me to the hospital off of two plus. I'm paranoid. Talking about stuff is going in slow motion. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this. But, um, you know, I told her, I said, I've never done drugs in my life. Like, that's not my thing. My father was a heroin addict. I don't want to have nothing to do with drugs. And um, I said, Keith, I was like, Keith couldn't possibly, he couldn't have possibly said that. And she was like, no, that's what he said. And I was like, you know what? I said, you know, I, I, I do believe you. I said, I believe you because, you know, 
anytime somebody's stuck where people are like, well, how come you're not calling Jackie? Why are you not getting Jackie? Then he's going to say, I'm a cokehead. Keith know good and damn well. Keith knows that I don't do drugs. So it's like, why would you say that? But, you know, when we all got off, I hit up his nephew and I'm like, Dex, hit me up. Because some woman said that Keith said the other day in a DC show that I was a cokehead. Like, did he, did he say that? So Dex never hit me back. So I was like, I'm, I hit up Keith's other um, cousin that worked with us. And I hit T up, Terrence, and I was like, Terrence, this woman said that Keith said such, such, such. And Terrence was like, Jack, I don't think Keith would say that because, you know, he's never talked bad about you. I said, I don't know, Terrence. She was she was very convincing. And I said, she don't have nothing to lose. She's a mother. She has a family. So I'm going, you know, I'm like. Well, I know she's not lying because we looked it up and the show in, in D.C. was like December 5th. And um, I called his brother. And, you know, I'm like telling his brother about it. And he was just like, that's it. I, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to go into anything that he said. Um, but I told him, I said, I'm very, very surprised at, at Keith for saying that, if he said it. And I was like, because one thing you can't do, you can't sit up here and put and lie on people. That's not right. I'm like, I have never done anything to him. That, when I tell you that ninja, and I want to say the other word, has never given me an effing penny. I got $300 when I made Make It Last Forever when I sung that in the studio and they owe me money because they never paid me. But then I did a huge record deal with MCA. So, you know, my my attorneys were like, you know what, Jack? You getting your deal made up for it. You know, you'll lose a lot of money because you're going to have to pay us to go fight them. You know, so they kind of talked to me out of it and I should have still sued them for my money. But... At the same time, I'm like, why would you try to make me look bad? Because you don't want to pick up the phone to say, Jack, can you come and do the awards? Jack, can you come and do whatever? So, you know, it goes back to what, you know, I, I was saying before. The Most High is not allowing me to do it. And I really believe that now. I think, and I cried. The reason why I cried. I was crying. I was boohooing with that video that the, you know, that the young comedian guy sent me um, because I had just prayed. I prayed. I was praying in my little, in my closet. And then I went outside and I went up on this hill in the woods and I'm just raising my hand to the most high, talking to him, crying, boohooing, saying, I wish you never let me do this song. Why you let me do this song? And, and, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be part of this anymore. I'm not, I want to take it out of my IG and I took it off IG in my bio. I put a mother, you know, mother of three and something else, something else. I didn't, I took it out. That and expressions and I was just boohooing, boohooing. So when I came down off that hill, after I done threw my hands in the air, felt the Holy Spirit, all of that through me, knowing that the most high heard me, I get back in the house and this 
this kid, this young comedian, sent me in my IG this video. So when I opened the video, when he was doing all that, and yo, he he was the bomb because he was hyping it up. He was like, y'all yeah. know Keith, <laughs> but I know Jackie. Yeah, when I tell y'all, I was like, <laughs> crying. Because I knew that the Most High did that. I knew that he allowed that man, like nothing is by coincidence. Everything is ordained by the Most High's hand. And I know Absolutely. that he knew I would be crying. He knew I was going to give up. He knew all of this because he's, you know, omnipresent. He know everything before it happens. And it's it was like he was giving me confirmation to let me know you you ain't do this. I did this. I gave you this blessing. How dare you say I want to take my your name off of what I gave you? And it went like, you know, like Quez was saying, it went viral. And it's like everybody was just, you made this song. You made this song. You made this song. And I just kept crying every time I watched the video. Well, guess I mean, what? Get your tissues song. together because you made that damn record. <laughs> you made and that record. before we go any further here on WOAC Radio, we're going to give a, a few minutes to the fans when we get back. But we're going to play that single, Make It Last Forever, a song that will last forever. Because of Jackie McGee. Yeah, I said it. That oh. part. Yeah, I said it. It's WOAC Radio, y'all. Let's get into it. Make it last Make it last forever Don't let I love you Let's make it last Tell me you love me Let me hear you say you never leave me mm, Girl, that will make me feel so right Let me hear you tell me you want me Let me hear you say you never leave me, baby Until the morning light
Yes, yes, this is WOAC Radio, Real Topics, Real Talk, Real People. And of course, that was uh, Make It Last Forever with Keith Sweat and the one and only, the incomparable Miss Jackie McGee, who is here joining us right now. So, man, look, I don't care what anybody says, like, Jackie's part is definitely the part, the go to part for karaoke, whether you're a woman or a man. Hello? Like, we all want to sing her part. I'm just saying. <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I actually have a question. So with with all that's happened with this song, um, I want to know: Have you heard uh, a version of this song that you just love? Like, if it's a sample flip, say like the the Mariah Carey remix with Nas and Joe, or I think Sai the Prince sampled it a while ago. Like, do you ever hear any ones that you're just like, oh yeah, they did that one? Um. um. I liked I liked the Mariah and Joe version. You know, they flipped it a little bit. You know, I love me some Nas, and then I'm a huge right. Joe Joe's mob dude. Um, so when they did that, I was like, okay, I like this. But the crazy part was radio was like, nah, mm-mm, nah, this is not make it last forever, no. So they didn't, you know, it didn't it it didn't hit. You know what I mean? Like it it could have. Um, cause I, I clearly thought that that one would take hours out. I was like, oh, that one's going to take hours out. Cause that's Mariah and Joe and Nas, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it didn't, you know, and that's when, you know, um, the, the timeless record, timeless. And in that nobody can put together something, first of all, that, that the most high allows. And then secondly, Teddy's production was so crazy, you know, that nobody can match that. That's why that's why the track is still popping today, because that 808, you know, as soon as people hear that, doo-ku, 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 that's it. And then, you know, and it's banging when you put it in the car, so it's still like all the thug, you can be the thuggest of the thuggest. You hear make it last forever. It's like, yo, that's my ish. You know, you know how you know how our, our brothers get, you know, and, and when they hear it, because it's just, it's still booming, you know, that boom, boom, where it's going to boom in the car, that bass going to come through all of that. So it's just, it's classic because it moves with the time because of the way the track is. And I give that to Teddy because Teddy's, you know, production in his ear has always been freaking incredible. So, you know, I give all of that to Teddy, but, um, you know, for me, like us doing the song, we weren't in love when we did that song. You know, that was a, see if Jackie's voice some fit this, you know, type of thing. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a thing like, oh, you know, Jackie and Keith got something going on and, and whatever, whatever. We just did it. And actually that. That ooh, that ooh, oh. um, Teddy told me to sing that. Teddy sung it to me. And I was like, oh, Lord, here you go singing. <laughs> and he sung that part to me. And he said, Jack, I want you to do this. And when I did it, he was, he lost his freaking mind. He was like, that's it. That's it. You know, so <laughs> it was like, yeah. we just, you know, we just, we just did it. And magic was made. But to be honest, I didn't think that the song would be a hit. 
Never thought it would be a hit. First of all, we're not going to you know? sit here and act like you ain't just hit that run perfect. Oh, no. Um, just yeah, I didn't right. just we just No, I didn't. Yeah, we're we not going to sit here and, and act like this just happens every day that an artist can just hit a run <laughs> exactly. real quick. Exactly. I was thinking the same and everything. Thing. That's crazy. I was thinking the same like, thing. And Jack, you know how long I've been in this industry and how many people I'm around. You know that don't happen every day. So you could take your little <laughs> modesty pill and sit it to the side because you hit that run like it wasn't shit just yet. No, right, no, let did. me tell you, my, my, um, I've been having some problems with my voice and I'm actually working on it now, trying to get okay. it back. Well, to give it. them problems um, to me. <laughs> Cause the shit is working for like, you. Like, hello? Like, you, you know what? You Thank you, love. Because huh? I can tell. Thank you, love. I appreciate that. Yeah. Y'all, y- look, y'all hyping me up, making me feel like I can still sing. You, you still know. can. <laughs> Thank you. Like, you, you just you. proved it, right? Thank you. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm really, you know, when people think about, because that song is, what, 35 years old now? Yeah, it became I'm, 34. Um, yeah, 34, 34. 34. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't trip on my age because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about if you still got swag or not. And if you got swag and you can hang your man, then you rock. If you ain't got no swag and you looking, you know, crazy with all these retarded ghetto wigs on, because I like my wigs, but they got to be right. Right, hello. And, you know, I do, I do hair, so... You know, if I'm going to wear my wigs, my wigs got to be right. If I'm going to wear my braids, you know, my braids are going to be right because I'm going to braid my hair or whatever. But you still got to kind of, you know, still have your swag. I'm I'm 55 years old. I'm very proud of my age. I'm proud that I'm here. I'm thankful, you know, that the most high still, you know, it keeps breath in my body, keep me going. And I'm like, um, whatever it is that he has for me to do, I have a, you know, I have a single that I'm going to put out. And it's actually a message song. Um, I'm doing a project and I'm going to, it's going to, the project is going to be called Billy Scott. Billy Scott featuring Jackie McGee. And the reason why I'm calling it Billy Scott, because Billy Scott is going to be this band that don't exist, but they got me as the lead singer. So the person that run this band is Guy, Most High. I don't do gospel. You know, I'm not gonna sit up here and like be be like these gospel singers. I'm coming in. Oh, I'm doing gospel now. No, because gospel, they may as well be R and B. Because everybody's single in the gospel realm, you know, they naked, squeezing titties up in the outfits, tight Ooh. outfits on. And yeah. I'm like, well, what happened? <laughs> what what kind of gospel what, is this again? Hold on, what what, what gospel uh video is B. that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to to mute. Y'all know, y'all know good and well. Some of these artists is doing a little bit much in the gospel realm. I mean, even my girl and I, I, you know, that's my girl. Love her, and I, I can't. I ain't trying to diss her at all because she looks freaking amazing. But um, remember what's her name? That the Tamla man. Remember when she first came out and she was with Tyler Perry and them, and you know she always was, used to wear her little homely outfits. Yes, and, yeah. you know you you was like that's my that's like your auntie. Somebody that's my auntie or whatever. Shoot, girlfriend is like um, that's Boo Boo next door now because she be wearing them outfits like she done lost her little weight. She fly them haircuts be off the page. 
them little things be tight, boobies be sitting up, and I'm like, what church we go to again? <laughs> you know, and it's not a thing to diss her or anybody, you know, um, Erica Campbell, anybody. It's the fact that this is where we are in the world right now. Um, everything is sexual. So if you don't kind of wear something tight or, you know, put yourself in that little thing, it's almost like um, you might not fit in. And then I, I feel like a lot of gospel artists probably feel like they don't fit anymore. Like, shoot, we can't be wearing them big happy dresses and them bonnet hats. We got to look like, you know, we in some type of way. Right. <laughs> so I'm well, just saying you. that, you know, not as a diss to anybody. I just feel like gospel is not like back in the day gospel, like when, when we wore robes. Um, I feel like gospel is more secular. So I'm not going to say that my music is gospel that I'm putting out. It's message. It's message music. So I'm bringing messages like, okay, y'all get your act together. Cause you know, like I have a, a, my first single that I'm gonna put out is called Riches of the World. And the hook is um, all the riches of the world, gain that ish and lose yourself. And I don't say the S-H-I-T, I say ish. Gain that ish and lose yourself because people gotta know we sitting up here damn near killing ourselves now for the riches of the world. And when you walk with the devil, oh, you gonna get what you asked for. Right. You know, when you put the most high on the back burner, you have free will. You can do what you want. But just know that when you go into that territory, it might be death waiting for you on that other side. So, you know, riches of the world is just about don't, you know, you can, we can, the devil's talking and I'm doing all the parts. So the devil's talking and he's saying, oh, you can, I'll give you all of this. You can have all of this and, and rock with me. And then you got, the most hot talking and he's saying oh you could do what you want i gave you free will but i'll be here you know i'll be right here and i'll check on you from time to time but you got free will do what you want but i'll be right here and and i'm waiting to see what's gonna happen what you're gonna decide so it's like the, the world that we living in now is so much going on you know i see things as spirit i'm i'm i, I definitely look at things as spirits because they are spirits and twerking is a spirit. And, um, you know, all these things that I see our black women and even our black men falling into, I look at them as spirits. Everything is a spirit. These are, you know, um, generational curses or just some spirits because you didn't did some ritual that you don't even know about. You didn't sat right in the middle of a, a ritual that you have no idea that you were in. And next thing you know, your whole life is crazy. And you're like, well, how did I get here? Um, you know, people don't know their ancestral, you know, history. And they sitting up here, oh, we, we worshiping the ancestors. Why you, you're not supposed to worship anything. You know, the most High says don't worship nothing in heaven, on earth, or, or under, in the water. Because you worshiping your ancestors and you don't even know what your ancestors was doing. Your ancestors could have been selling your soul, you know. Right. And you know, you talking about, I'm, well, you know, we, we worshiping our ancestors. No, acknowledge your ancestors but don't worship your ancestors. So I'm bringing it to where everything is a spirit and how, you know, I have a song called crazy that it's a ballad, but crazy is a spirit. So we know crazy. Everybody know crazy. You, Absolutely. Know you, got that guy, <laughs> you know, you got that guy that was crazy 
or you got that chick that was crazy. Or you got crazy so, yourself. Like have that. Or you got crazy yeah. yourself and don't even know why you was crazy. So you know the, the hook is if crazy had a name, it would be you. And yeah. and crazy is just that spirit. So it's like I'm coming with message songs. So Billy Scott is gonna be, you know, that's gonna be Billy Scott featuring Jackie McGee. Billy Scott is nobody. Billy Scott is, I would say, the most hot, leading leading me, letting me be the lead singer for him. Yeah, that's super you dope. That's super dope because, like, that's you utilizing your voice in the way that God has intended. So we're definitely looking forward to that. So, of course, like, we've been giving you your flowers, uh, Miss Jackie, but we want to give some of our audience members uh, that's listening right now a chance to give you some flowers as well. Uh, so we're going to have, uh, we have Daria up here representing the DMV uh, with some, uh, with a question for you and some comments for you as well. What's good, Daria? Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me. Hey, Jackie. Um, hi, Daria. Hi, sweetie. You know, we follow each other on Instagram and you're my Facebook friend and I just love you, Jackie. Thank you. You know, I'm always giving you love and you need your flowers, diva. You know, being in this entertainment music space is not easy for black women. I'm so proud of you, Jackie. Thank you. For honoring God always and knowing what's important and what's not important. Thank you. Your resume speaks for itself. You're welcome, boo. You know your resume speaks for itself, Jackie. You kill Make It Last Forever. And what I love about it is I turn 50 next year. So yeah. every time I hear you start that off, girl, that takes me right back to Longo High School <laughs> in Prince George's County, Maryland, in the DMV all day, every day. Right, you know, I grew right. up on Jodeci and Jackie McGee, and your first album was a killer. I hated it, didn't get promoted the way you should have, Jackie. It was straight killer. Thank you. So I just want to, you know, I love you, Jackie. Just keep it moving. Keep it that positive energy you have. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much, baby girl. Thank you. Always. And and happy, happy 50th. Because, you know, hit me up. Yeah. Thank you, Jackie. I will. Give you your flowers. <laughs> you know what it is. Yes. Blessings, boo. Yes. Super blessings to you, Daria. Thank you so much for, uh, Thank you so much for your comment. And man, like it is it's a fact though. It is absolutely a fact. Like you have made such a huge, huge impact on the culture, a huge impact on music. And you no, know, it may have been like just a small, a small thing, but you know, you you've made an impact. And we greatly appreciate you for that. And it's just like the way that, you know the way that God intended, you know, it had like a few twists and turns there, but you are right now exactly where he wants you to be. And I believe that. And I, I truly appreciate Agreed. having, Thank having you. You, you know, y'all gonna make me cry again. <laughs> I'm like, don't make me cry. Cause I'll be crying. Jackie, we going no, me and you gonna mm -hmm. talk. Cause yeah. I see, I have to deal with Keith ass a little bit too much. And so me and you gonna have this conversation because uh yeah, Papa Smurf ain't getting away with this shit. Uh not Papa Smurf, I can't, I can't. hello. I can't. We about to uh but we we gonna transition real quick. Um Jackie don't go nowhere, we're gonna let you go in a minute, but we're gonna transition real quick. Jackie doesn't even know I'm about to do this, y'all. There's a song that Jackie put out a couple of years ago that I am in love with. 
and I play this song, uh, I'll probably say once a week, right? Um, this song is a really great song. It's Jackie McGee, If This World Were Mine. Yeah. Right here on WOAC Radio. Let's go. Our very special guest of WOAC Radio today, 
And I'm going to say it like this is what I like to call a body rolling music because I was Man, definitely I was, rolling my body. I was like, going to text my ex. I almost texted my ex. I had to calm down for a second. No, don't, don't do it, EJ. Don't do it. Don't do it, EJ. I was almost there. I almost hey, don't do it, EJ. Put the phone All right. down. All right. Hear me out. Everybody that's here for this live broadcast and everybody that listens to our podcast on all platforms i want y'all to understand something this single is available on all digital streaming platforms you guys go download this single stream it let's show our sister jackie mcgee some love make sure that you follow her on instagram she is on instagram she on there every day doing some funny reels doing all type of things she is jackie mcgee so make sure you follow her on instagram make sure you download this single we got to show us some love. Jackie, before you get out of here, we got uh, two of our loyal listeners that want to say something to you. And then we got one quick thing that we need from you after that. Sure. All right. So first up, we got Daniel. What's up, Daniel? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Can you hear me real good? We can hear you. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just on the road, man. But yeah, Jackie, I'm just telling you, keep pushing. Keep pushing forward. Uh, my... You know, I love your, your, your music, your voice is priceless. And, um, you know, I know you went through a season of loss. And, you know, it's a time of season for all things. It's also the time of season to recover all the things that were lost. So I believe you get into that next season. So God bless. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate what you just said. You know, that, that touched my heart. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. And next up, yep. And next up, we got a uh, Lady Luck. What's going on, Lady Luck? Hey, everybody. So, can I ask a question, or are we just doing flowers? We can do both. No, you can ask a question. Go ahead. I had two questions while listening. Um, I heard you say you have three kids. Are any of your kids into music? Um, that's the first question. And if they are, or even if um, you were just talking to a young person getting into the business, what advice would you give them? Okay, the first one is, um, <laughs> my kids are weird. Um, my oldest son, he does sing. Their dad um, is Mark Dorsey, the one that sung Love You oh, Better wow. with LL. Um, I bought his album. And, oh, really? Yeah, Mark is uh, an incredible vocalist. Oh, my gosh. He um, he was signed to Spike Lee, so he's on all the, the you know, all the um, movies that Spike has. He's on the soundtracks. He... Um, sing his head off so to have two musical parents um my kids my sons don't my daughter sings she's 12 but my sons my oldest one he's shy he won't do it out but my middle son he's about to graduate in may um from college and he's a film major he's um gonna be a producer and a director of film he's actually really good he did the video for um the song that just played if this world were mine when he was um, a freshman in college. So, you know, that's gonna be my little video director. But um, yeah, my kids, they, yeah, they don't want no parts of that. <laughs> They're like, no, ma, we good, we good. Only my daughter, maybe. But what I would, um, the, any, the advice I would give to any young people coming in, first of all, I do artist development. I've been doing artist, artist development for years, for over 20 years. And for every, you know, singer that comes in, the first thing I tell them is, don't ever lose your walk with God, with the Most High. 
never lose your walk because or lose or sell your soul because once you sell your soul you can't come back um when you sell yourself out just to just to sing or to you know be on top then you lose everything because you'll have everything you gain the world but you lose your soul so I always tell people to take their time um be you don't be no other singer I don't care if you can riff or not it's not about how much you can riff it's about how beautiful your tone is of your voice um tone carries you a long way and tone is I, I call tone classic because when you have that great tone in your voice you make classic records um when you when you make records as um as a a, a hoe you're gonna be a hoe your whole career I mean a male hoe or a female hoe and I don't mean to say it like that you know to to you know diss anybody or make somebody feel crazy but I'm just saying when you do whole records that's what you get you get you know your your whole um history of your life and your music is whole music you know what I mean so always make sure you paying attention to who you are and what you're doing and how you want to come and always be um authentic and and be who you you know to yourself be who you are make you know you can love other artists but be who you are love what you do and not praise nobody else to where you taking on them because there's so many artists right now that sound the same so it doesn't make them different you know what i mean there's no i don't to be honest i can't tell you somebody that i'm crazy about right now that's out you know like let us see them don't count that's the real they, they're real singers um you know them singing singing ones but the other ones that's just doing the same thing everybody else is doing no it's like 22 people that want to be her right now her is her she's she's dope by herself they don't need 22 other people coming in to sound like her because you won't make it trying to sound like her if y'all understand what i'm saying does that, that make sense that makes perfect all right thank you so much i'm always curious like when i hear people and they you know when they've had various experiences especially you know not so great experiences in the industry i always wonder like what happens when they have kids you know that are musically inclined like would they encourage them to get in the business and like, how they feel about the business as a result I, you know what i i don't i can i can only speak for me but i know a lot of my you know entertainment friends um they kind of leave their kids alone too you know and just let them find their way and if they see that you know that they have uh um you know a love for it then you know they push them but other than that you know it's like well don't let's leave them let them be and, and let them find their way you know um that's how i see it i don't know you know i just say let them find their way don't push them into what you were in because the music industry is very hard you know it's not an easy business great thank you so much you're welcome love yes yes that's definitely like you just dropped a bunch of gems throughout this entire episode and we appreciate you so so much and we thank you for joining us and one last thing miss jackie mcgee uh we asked our guests if they could be kind enough to do a drop for us uh so that we can play throughout our 
other episodes of the podcast. So something simple like, hey, this is Jackie McGee, and you're listening to WAC Radio, or something like that, however you want to do it. But we want to know if you can actually do a drop for us, Miss Jackie. Of course I can. All right, awesome. Well, whenever you are ready. Okay. Hey, this is Jackie McGee, and you're listening to WOAC Radio. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like like we mentioned, you are truly, truly an influential and key part of the culture. Like, New Jack Swing wouldn't be anything without you. Music and the culture wouldn't be anything without you. And we definitely appreciate the fact, you know, that you took the time to share a bunch of, not even gems, diamonds with us and sharing your story and, you know, to allow us to give you the opportunity to give you your flowers, the flowers that you rightfully deserve and to give them while you are still here with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jackie McGee, y'all. Thank you so much. Oh, no, man. Thank you, guys. Y'all, y'all don't even understand with, you know, what y'all have done for me today period just by by doing this and um you know hit me up anytime um i'll let y'all know when i'm dropping the single and you know we'll have a lot of crazy other shit to talk about <laughs> oh for sure like you're you're family at this point now jackie so whenever thank you stop by please do not be a stranger for thank sure. you please thank you quest that that I mean don't ask us to cook nothing just get in the kitchen and go ahead and get it yourself you get, you know get home get home <laughs> Go ahead, get in the refrigerator. Go ahead. Right, go get in the refrigerator by yourself. We know. <laughs> right. Y'all are funny. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much, man. And I Jackie, really when you get ready with your when you get ready with your new music, let us know. Um, and not just for the radio show. I'm telling you right now personally that I'll I'll help you with your release free of charge. Oh, family. Thank I you got so you. much. Thank you. I got you. We're gonna do it. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is the one and only Miss Jackie McGee. And speaking of releases and the work that we do and the work that I do as a manager, we're going to go ahead and spin it because it is still in the top 20. It has been in the top 20 now for nine weeks. It was number one for four weeks. It's Ari Lennox with Pressure. Happy belated birthday to my lady. Get it, don't be timid when you in it, plot it. Love upon it, live alone, leave it. I don't want no drip, baby, spray it like it's in it. fun, it's spicy, baby, jump up on it. I guess that's why you like it, baby, come and give this. Takes a lot to inside me, baby, give it all you got. I'm a tough cookie, baby, get the right side. you texting me, you know I won't reply. Why you ain't fuck with me when I wasn't this fly? Now I'm on top and now I'm riding sky. Don't need nobody, but I'll take you down tonight. And now I'm okay with being nasty. Too fucking hot for all these clothes anyway. My body dripping, boy, but you gon' act away. But when you get it, lick it like a candy cane. Your eyes on me, eyes on me apply. Get it, don't be timid when you win it, fly. Love upon it, live alone, leave it. Say, I don't want no drip, baby, spray it like it's in it. Oh, spicy, baby, jump upon it. I 
why you like it, baby, come and get this. Takes a lot to inside me, baby, give it all you got. I'm a dub boogie, baby, you're the right Yes, 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 this is WOAC Radio. Real talk, real people, real conversation. Man, look, after that whole entire conversation with Jackie McGee, man, look, that was absolutely amazing. So shout out once again to Miss Jackie McGee for joining us for that very in-depth conversation. Man, that was super, super duper dope, man. So shout out to her. All right, let's get into um, another. All I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is me and Kevin have work to do. There is some conversations that will be had after uh, tonight. And uh, don't be surprised if, uh, you know, y'all y'all hear some things that, that goes on after this conversation. Because we love Jess. The story is definitely developing as we speak. So make sure y'all keep tuned in to WAC. I feel like there's a lot more to come after this. Yes, definitely a lot more to come. It's going to be very interesting. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's get into some more amazing content. Let's talk about, of course, the Oscars. Let's talk about that, of course. The you Oscars know, came on? Yeah, the Oscars came on, believe it or not. And you know, quite a few things happened. I mean, it's not too much to write home to to mama about but um yeah we actually have some winners of course the oscar the 93rd annual oscars or 94 excuse me uh happened last night on abc and of course some big winners uh big winners of the night of course uh we have best picture that went to the film coda so a uh, shout out to the cast and crew of coda as a matter of fact also uh, they actually took home the award for best supporting actor as well uh, Troy Kassour won that one, and he actually became the second deaf actor to ever win an Academy Award behind Marley Matlin. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, best Animated Future, no surprise there. It went to Encanto. Disney Pixar joint, definitely one of my favorites, of course. Uh, best Original Song, no, Beyonce did not win it. Let's say that. Um, it actually went to uh, the James Bond theme, No Time to Die. Uh, featuring Billie Eilish and Phineas, and that's definitely a great song. I think it's actually the third James Bond theme in a row to actually win Best Original Song behind Adele and Sam Smith, so shout-out to Billie Eilish and Phineas for that one. Um, Best Director, that went to Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, that went to my girl Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, making her the first Afro-Latina and the first openly queer person of color to win an academy award for acting so shout out to ariana uh best documentary summer of soul yes yes yes, yes. summer of soul shout out to quest love first time director first oscar nomination he got that one for best documentary uh best hey original- we can't wait we can't skip past that man so we did a whole room on the summer of soul and uh, we didn't play the whole movie, but we played some clips. We had some good conversations around it. Um, you guys, you have to see this documentary. You cannot. It, it is a prerequisite for being a member of the original album club. You have to see it. Uh, it's called The Sum of Soul. It is available on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. You guys need to check it out. It's uh, In 1969, they had the Woodstock Festival that everybody knows about. But we also had our own black festival in Harlem called the Harlem uh, Festival of Culture. Um, 
You guys definitely need to check it out. with performances by Gladys Knight and the Pips, Stevie Wonder, Mahalia Jackson, the Staple Singers, David Ruffin, and this was like six months after he left The Temptations, um, who are Sly and the Family Stone and The Fifth Dimension. So you guys definitely need to check it Nina out. Simone. Nina Simone. Yes, Nina Simone as well. You got Jesse Jackson is on there. Make sure you guys check this out. Uh, it is a very big moment in history. Unfortunately, last night, that moment was a little bit uh, overcasted. But a uh, huge moment in history, huge moment for the culture, y'all. So make sure y'all watch it. Some of so. Yes, yeah, that festival, you probably didn't hear about it because unlike Woodstock, everyone who attended got home safely. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway. So That's yeah, a fact. Documentary and also shout out to the queen of basketball that actually won a uh, best short form uh, documentary. And that's actually the uh, film about the late Lucia Lucy Harris Stewart, uh, who basically became the first and only woman to be drafted into the NBA. So that one best short form documentary. Uh, of course, two big awards for uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, of course, uh, that actually won uh, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, because obviously, uh, and also Jessica Chastain, she ended up winning Best Actress for the Eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, which rightfully so, because, man, she definitely did her thing in that movie and beating out some big names, too, beating out um, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Kristen Stewart for Spencer, uh, Penelope Cruz for Madres Paralelas, and Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. Which honestly, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I don't know why that was nominated. That was the dumbest movie I've ever seen. Like, it it's on Amazon Prime. If you like the I Love Lucy show, I guess you should watch it. I went into it thinking it was gonna be good, and it really wasn't. Um, it didn't. It it was slow. It didn't really go into depth about anything. It was kind of pointless. I don't understand why it existed. Uh, but the eyes of Tammy Faye, that is amazing. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's on HBO Max. You can check it out. Um, and they said that it'll be released on Hulu soon, too. So if you don't have HBO Max, it'll be on Hulu soon. But the eyes of Tammy Faye is about the first big, really, the really big televangelist, uh, Tammy Faye Baker and her husband, Jim Baker. And uh, awesome, awesome movie. There's a couple of scenes on there that's a little wild. And I had to call my mother and ask my mother if they really happened. And she said, yeah, they did. And I was like, whoa, that's insane. And if you saw it, you know what scenes I'm talking about. But definitely check out um, The Eyes of Tammy Faye Baker. That is that is definitely a good one. Yes, it's definitely a great movie. I love the movie for sure. Um, also, uh, Best Actor, for whatever reason, uh, Javier Bardem was also nominated for Best Actor for being the Ricard. What is up with this movie? Like, is there something that I'm missing with this one? Um, but whatever. Um, but yeah, um, also nominated in that category was Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. But the winner ended up being the one and only Willie from Philly, Mr. Will Smith. He ended up winning for King Richard is actually his very first Oscar. So that was a good look for him. Too bad he ended up ruining it 20 minutes earlier, um, which led to 
this this damn effect, uh, which led, of course, the talk of the night. You would think that all the black excellence would be the forefront because, you know, it was the first time that the Oscars had a black producer. Shout out to Will Packer. That's the fam. Alpha Phi Alpha. Um, all black production crew. You had two black female uh, comedic actors hosting. Shout out to Regina Hall and, of course, Wanda Sykes. You know, that's my sorority sister. Hey, a.k.a. Um, but no. Everybody is talking about, unfortunately, Will Smith smacking the hell out of Chris Rock. Now, it all started when Chris Rock was, of course, he was presenting the award for the best documentary, which, of course, went to Summer of Soul. And that's when he decided to make uh, what some may consider, most may consider, a very inappropriate uh, comment in regards to uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and her look. I don't know if we have the clip. Oh, we got the clip. So let's go ahead and get into that clip. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? (laughs) 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 It's Jawaza. That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh, Richard. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. Yeah, and, um... That was, uh... Yeah. That was... That was the moment that everybody would not shut up about. So, yes, Will Smith actually got up after making that joke and smacked Chris Rock on stage and yelled out, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. And that caused a lot of frenzy and pretty much overshadowed the remainder of the award ceremony, uh, which was very unfortunate. I mean, I mean, Questlove had to, you know, dodge a question in the press room after he won because that was the category they ended up winning that Chris was presenting for. And the first one of the first things they asked him was like, what do you think about the slap? And he said, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about Summer of Soul and the Harlem Cultural Festival. So, yeah, that kind of, you know. Yeah, that was that was that. Um, so, yeah, it ended up like a lot of people thought that it was originally a hoax until Will actually cursed out and dropped the F-bomb. And that's when a lot of folks realized, oh, shit. OK, I remember now he's from West Philly. Um, so, yeah, um, of course, later on in the night when he accepted the award for best actor, uh, he apologized to the Academy and uh, talked a little bit about the incident, not mentioning Chris by name, uh, but pretty much mentioning the incident. I believe we have a portion of that. So let's go ahead and play that. Oh, man. Uh, Richard Williams um, was a fierce defender of his family. In this time in my life, in this moment, I am overwhelmed 
by what God is calling on me to do and be in this world. Making this film, I got to protect Ingenue Ellis, who was one of the most, the strongest, most delicate people I've ever met. I got to protect Sanaya and Demi, the two actresses that played Venus and Serena. I'm being called on in my life to love people and to protect people and to be a river to my people. All right, you can cut it down there. Um, he went on to uh, apologize to the Academy, and he did uh, mention because, you know, after the incident uh, happened, uh, he was pulled to the side by Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry, you know, checking in on him, and that's when Denzel uh, told him what Will repeated, and that is, at your highest moment, the devil will come for you. Um, and he apologized to the Academy. He actually uh, gave a more in-depth apology uh, to the Academy and to Chris. Uh, earlier today on his Instagram and he said this uh, I would like to in part I would like to publicly apologize to you Chris I was out of line and I was wrong I am embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be there's no place for violence in a world of love and kindness I would also like to apologize to the Academy the producers of the show all the attendees and everyone watching around the world he also extended you know apologizing to the williams family and to the cast um saying that he deeply regrets that his behavior has stained what has been an otherwise uh, gorgeous journey for all of us um he said that his behavior at last night's academy awards was unacceptable and indiscusable um said jokes at my expense are part of the job but a joke about jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear and i reacted emotionally so for those of you who may not know uh jada has dealt with alopecia since 2018 but really like she really came out and expressed more about her journey over the past year or so um and of course you know a few months ago she recently you know shaved her head bald so that kind of led you know that kind of led to you know the whole joke or whatever the gi jane uh so let me go ahead i'm gonna express my thoughts really quick and you guys can chime in whatever um i don't see any right or wrong in the situation like i can both see flaws in both of what they did and also you know defend them because it is what it is like with chris yeah a lot of folks thought that it was an insensitive joke but he's a comedian and nine times out of ten you know since you know jada coming out telling her story about alopecia is a relatively new situation there's a big chance and this is what tmz is saying that chris did not know that she had alopecia and so he was doing what he normally does and that is make a joke and it's part of the territory if you're a celebrity and you're in the front row prepare to get roasted on like that's his job and it does it showed like he did not have any you know malicious you know like any malicious feeling towards it he's just telling a joke so I can't fault him for that completely. He probably just didn't know that Jada had alopecia. Now with Will, I can't fully blame him either because of the fact that, you know, yes, how he defended his wife was uncalled for, but you have to understand that it's the heat of the moment. And people are human. 
you know, he has a right to defend his wife, but I would not have, you know, I would have done it a different way. Like I would have just, you know, had him like had him come to the back and have like a nice little come to Jesus moment, like away from the cameras. But he reacted in the heat of the moment. And unfortunately, like the heat in the heat of the moment, that's what he did. And of course, he's going to have to face some repercussions in regards to it. You know, the Oscars are the Academy is uh, showing uh, is doing a full investigation as to possible, you know, repercussions of his actions. It shouldn't be any, but this should be like a learning lesson. Like we are all human and humans make mistakes. But, you know, I definitely appreciate the 50 million memes uh, that came out as a result of this. Um, the SpongeBob one was my personal favorite. Um, but yeah, like, what do you guys think on that, on this one? I mean, me uh, personally, um, should Will have gone about it a different way? Yes. But, you know, in the moment, it's like, you can't, you can tell someone how they should react, but just when emotions are high, you you don't always think clearly. So, I mean, I see, who am I to tell him what he should have done or what would have been better or whatever because especially when it's something dealing with your wife I'm not married so I don't know how that feels for your wife to be upset um, from something that someone else caused even if the person didn't have malicious intent uh, behind it I, I've never been in that position so I couldn't tell him what he should have done or whatever um, just in hindsight is ways you can tell someone oh yeah it would have been better if you did xyz but this is after seeing the result of whatever happened so i don't really have a solution i don't know what <laughs> what to tell them this has been my ted talk there's so many different um opinions but i'm i'm a firm believer that um when someone apologizes they're admitting that they were wrong for what they did regardless to how good it may have felt or what uh, other people may think. And it's very dangerous to champion behavior that is later regretted, you know? So for people to say he did what he should have did or he should have, uh, you know what I'm saying, done what he did, it's, it's not right, you know what I mean? It takes me back to an episode of Fresh Prince when uh, Ashley was getting bullied and Uncle Phil, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Father. <laughs> and he told Ashley, even though it felt good, felt damn good, <laughs> it was wrong. You know, so I mean, yeah, it may have felt good, but it was wrong. And at the end of the day, as um you get older, I mean, Will's fifty two years old. So you have to make better decisions in that situation because now people who may not have ever heard the joke if he didn't go on stage and punch uh, or slap uh, Chris Rock, they had to look at what made him slap Chris Rock. And it was that joke. So it, it it's not a position that you would want to be in for someone to defend you and then shine light on the exact thing that they're defending you for. You know, so, it's so Beats, are you saying that, Are you saying that Chris Rock should have said, back up, back up. Jesus Christ, man. Yes. <laughs> Only EJ, man. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a joke. I just want y'all to know um, I didn't have any malicious intent behind that. It was a joke. 
Yeah. All right. Quez, Kev, you want to chime in on this? I, so there's so many things that go into this. So first of all, it is now confirmed that Chris Rock did not know that she had alopecia. So that is 100% confirmed. Chris Rock did not know this. Um, what happens is a lot of times in when you're dealing with fans and you're dealing with fandom, you have people cherry pick things and you don't look at the situation as a whole. You look at it for what it is at that moment, that moment only. And then you guys make all these assumptions and decide that who was right and who was wrong. And when you're an arbitrator or you're a manager or you're a publicist or you're an, a detective or a police officer, you have to look at things objectively. Um, and you have to get all of the variables and see what's what. And from Chris's perspective, he didn't know Jada had alopecia. And Jada is known for changing her hairstyles all the time, especially in with her having her rock band that she has, that they play at the Viper Room and the Roxy and all of that stuff. So her buzz cut that she had going on is not something out of the ordinary. Actually, that's pretty normal because she's had buzz cuts that were different colors and not just, you know, the natural black or brown hair. So... Chris's joke was well within the realm of acceptable. Um, my problem with this is the person that Will Smith pounds his chest that he is, obviously is not who he is. Because the only way to test a person's character is when they're dealing with adversity. So if you guys have Will Smith's book, if you've listened to him talk or give any speeches or even see him on Instagram, Will prides himself on being this healed person that has a very balanced mindset and can navigate situations pretty well. He's always the peacemaker, the protector. These are his words, not, not mine, not anybody else's. The time that he had to show the world that, because he haven't had that chance to show the world that yet. He hasn't. He failed when it came to protecting or showing up for his daughter. And he failed during Red Table Talk, which is understandable. It was a very emotional moment for him. He was being publicly humiliated. So this time you had the chance to show it. And instead of you showing that poise, that tact, that healing that you claim you have, you showed your toxic masculinity in that moment. You showed your emotional ignorance in that moment. That joke was not something to warrant that type of response. Um, and I expect a 50-year-old man who's been in Hollywood for well over 30 years and on the level that he's been for the last 18 to 22 years, I would expect you to know better and do better. There's no excuse for it. Um, and before we get into people trying to make excuses for it, we also got to remember that I, myself, as well as my brother Kevin, we've sat at award shows and have heard people disrespect our friends and our family. We've heard them disrespect Michael Jackson. We've heard them disrespect Bobby and Whitney. We've heard them disrespect Prince. We've heard them disrespect everybody. Um, we. I also want to say that it's not fun when the rabbit got the gun. Meaning that 
for those of y'all who didn't see Will and Jada host the BET Awards back in, what, 2006, I think it was, they did the same thing to other people. It's part of the game. It's part of the game, and you need to conduct yourself as such. Will let us down as a people. He let us down as men. There's another way you could have handled that. He, Chris did not disrespect Jada. Chris did not have any malice in it. There was different ways that that could have been handled. Will chose the wrong way to handle it. I'm extremely disappointed. And I would also like to say about that part that y'all added about Tyler Perry and Denzel Washington. They went to calm him down. However, they did not condone the behavior. I want to make that very clear. I have that from a source. Um, I mean, we know that. You know that. That's true. Other people. (laughs) That's true. Go ahead. Because you you have people that are. (laughs) Yeah, like Paige forgot we're doing a podcast. (laughs) Other people don't know that, Paige. So. People like to say, oh, well, Will and, and you know, Denzel and, and, and Tyler went and they comforted him because they understand. No, they comforted him because they needed him to pull his shit together to make it through this award show. Well, my brother, you were wrong. You were wrong. And it's okay. It happens. We can move forward. We can move past it. But there's consequences that come with this. There's repercussions that come with this. And this is one of those times where a beautiful night of black excellence is destroyed by somebody being overly emotional and taking out all of their frustrations for the past year out on the wrong person. I'm Quez, and this is my message. Man, not just a person ruining black excellence, the biggest name in black Hollywood. Like, like we get it. Like, you are emotional, but bro. You could have just had a come to Jesus moment in the back. Hey, listen, I just want to could... say it was a moment that was not just Will's, but over 20 years he's been waiting to win an Oscar. And Denzel can't be the only black actor that we hold to this esteemed um, honor of being the person in our lifetime that has basically became the quintessential actor. Um, it was a moment that the culture kind of needed to basically say that we belong, you know what I'm saying? In, in this, this entire industry and you can't deny us that, but it's going to be staying forever. The moment that he won is going to be overshadowed forever. And that's, that's something that he's never going to be able to erase. And he's going to probably regret that for the rest of his career. You know what I mean? So uh, just, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but that's the outcome from this entire situation. And I agree with everything Quest said. Love you. Thank you, promoters. Can't wait to see it. Well, all I got to say. <laughs> Not janky promoters. <laughs> janky promoters, Jesus. Well, I mean, we're going to see if they're going to allow an all-black production crew have the Oscars next year. I mean, shout out to Will Packer. It wasn't his fault. Imagine this. When they explain that shit (laughs) and they say the last time we let a black person produce the Oscars, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. (laughs) It sounds horrible. And it's actually true. That's the like he's probably if just saying, EJ look. plays the slap effect one more time. <laughs> he's going to get slapped. <laughs> like, Will's probably explaining right now, look, I told you I asked for Kevin Hart. 
you wanted to put Chris Rock in there. Like you said, I should be satisfied with the all-black production crew with Regina Hall being the host, Terrence J. Breen, the pre-show host. Like, but you can't give me Kevin Hart. Terrence J. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, he really was the pre-show host. Shout out to him, though. Like, he's still working. But, yeah, like... Look, what more do you want from us? Like, I wanted Kevin Hart. See, if we had Kevin Hart up here like I asked y'all to, we wouldn't have had these issues. But we'll see. I mean, shout out to Will Packer and them, and shout out to all the Oscar winners. And Well, can we can we talk about another great Oscar moment? Um, shout out to Meg, uh, Megan boo. the Stallion. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to my boo, Meg. Um, I I love Visa Meg the Stallion. Uh, she did a nice performance. She walked all through the crowd and rapped. She had on this beautiful gown. I mean, she shout out to Meg. Like beautiful I girls. think all all of us right, at the original girls. album club we love Meg. So I'm speaking on behalf of the original album club as a whole. That's we accurate. love Meg absolutely. Um, we love Meg and. Um, Justice for Meg always for whatever. It don't even matter what it is. Not for whatever. whatever. Hello. Yeah, okay. she should win a Grammy, an Oscar, a Tony. Um, it doesn't matter. She she deserves it. A stellar award. She a stellar award. A yeah, yeah. Give, a trumpet. Give Meg everything. A trumpet award. A source uh, award. A source award. SB. Image award. A SB definitely deserves an SB. All right. Now um, for the it's, it's interesting. Player of the Year award. Okay, it's yeah. interesting that you mentioned Working that. It's year. very interesting that you mentioned that because I want to get into a little bit of that as well. Now, Megan actually made history herself. She was actually the first female rapper to perform at the Oscars last night. Uh, she actually performed uh, with Becky G and Luis Fonzi, you know, uh, Latin music artists. They actually performed a rendition of the hit song from Encanto, We Don't Talk About Bruno. No, no, no. But a lot of people were actually upset at the performance uh, because, you know, a Apparently, there are a lot of parents that had their kids stay up to watch the performance and didn't appreciate the remix. I mean, one person said, I can't believe I stayed up past bedtime for that. That was terrible, uh, said my nine-year-old son who loves Bruno more than life itself. And that was actually from Mark Graham, who's the editor-in-chief of Decider.com. Another disappointed parent said, we don't talk about Bruno performance was awful. My kids are hilariously pissed off. Wow, just so, so bad. That was such a letdown. First and foremost, why y'all letting y'all kids stay up? For the well, no, no, no. So that, so that makes sense, right? As much as I love Meg, I'll tell you this. This is the part, and I know uh, I'm going to get so much hate mail for this. This is the part that I talk about where sometimes when we are in control, meaning black folks, we go a little bit too far. I think that that was too far. You should have had the the cast do the song the way it is and move forward because. When we won for Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas, we did it all the way through like it's supposed to be done. When we won for Beauty and the Beast, we did it all the way through the way it's supposed to be done. When we won for A Whole New World, we did it all the way through the way it's supposed to be done. So I think that, and even her, when her won uh, two years ago, she did it all the way through the way it was supposed to be done. So I think that sometimes when we get to the diversity and inclusion part, we take it just a tad bit too far. I don't think that there needed to be a remix to it. I think that that movie and that song, because that song has been number one now for like 21 weeks or something. Um, I might be exaggerating. It might be like 12, but still, 
it's been number one for at least for more than 10 weeks and the movie has been number one for a while too that song deserved its spotlight and it wasn't right for it to be a remix i agree there i really agree well you see like here's the thing though because a lot of people were upset about it but you know it was kind of like a interesting thing because we don't talk about bruno wasn't even nominated uh, this year, uh, the folks at Encanto ended up submitting another song, uh, Dos Oruquitas, uh, for the best original song category because they honestly. <laughs> what, was, that. what was that again? I was Dos... say, who had uh, Gorditas? What? <laughs> <laughs> some Doritos too. I said, who ordered? I was up there like, who ordered the Taco Bell gorditas? <laughs> Y'all are so fucking ignorant. Jesus Christ. I meant dos oruguitas. That means two caterpillars, bro. Oh, snap. Hold okay. the caterpillars. Sour cream, uh, shredded cheese. Because when you said gorditas, I was about to say, hey, you ain't asked me chicken or beef. What the fuck is that? Right. Like, I on? hate it here. Is, is the queso free? <laughs> but no 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 you're right they didn't submit uh we don't talk about bruno but it definitely should have been and like i said that that song does not deserved its spotlight it did not deserve a remix so i actually agree there and uh all my black people don't beat me up for it i just feel like we took that diversity and inclusion a little bit too far with that i agree all, All right. right. One, one more time, EJ. I'm, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. I, Can we go to the other story, though? I want to talk about my friend, uh, my friend Tiffany Haddish. Oh, boy. Let's let's get into it. So, apparently. So, uh, wait, wait, wait. But let no, me rephrase that. I shouldn't say my friend. We're not friends anymore. We're like associates. She's Hollywood now. Um, go ahead, throw to it, because um, apparently, like, she had to set a, a a reporter straight about her outfit, and then also fiercely defended Will Smith as well. Absolutely, and we have the clip of what happened with uh, I think that was Maria Menounos of Entertainment Tonight. Um, so, EJ, you got the clip. Go ahead and play it, man. Did you do a little a little costume change? Um, I, I'm not wearing a costume. I'm wearing Dolce Gabbana. <laughs> It's called an evening gown, darling. This is not, no one's paying me for this. I paid for it. It's custom. Thank you. Time of death for me right now. You look gorgeous. This is not an acting gig. This is my life. This what fame look like. This what success look like. This what money look like. This what it look like. It's what it look like. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. I swear, that's the funniest thing I've heard. I think she's just happy that she's not wearing that same white gown. Uh, well, <laughs> I think this is what happens when you give motherfuckers new money. That's true. Very true. This is what it looked like. We know because you just got it. Bingo. I think she went a little bit too far. It was ridiculous. Tiffany's been on like this, this spiral down for the last like six months. And I'm like, yo, somebody needs to save her. Somebody needs to save her. That's just me. I could be wrong. Listen, if I wore a regular blue suit to the Oscars two years in a row, and then the next year I show up in a suit making myself look like Mr. Monopoly, and it's Gucci, I'm going to tell him, like, hey, no, it's not a costume. This is this is my life. <laughs> exactly. And that's how we should Do not pass go. Don't collect $200. Okay. And on that note, <laughs> 
let's get into some music, you know, celebrating our blackness, the good, the bad, and downright ugly. Here's James Brown with a little bit of Say It Loud. I'm black and I'm proud right here on WOAC Radio. This is WOAC Radio. Real topics, real talk, real conversations, real niggas. Anyway, Paige B here. And uh, apparently Quez and Beats, you guys have been doing some binge watching uh, on a classic these past few days. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, this is the ignorant part of the show. So buckle up. Hold on tight. Here it is. Uh, hold on so <laughs> we both have HBO Max. and. I, I I had this thing one day where I just wanted to watch something that uh, was classic. So I went to HBO Max and I turned on Roots and I watched Roots. So I turned on Roots at about nine o'clock. I was getting my hair cut and I was, and then I started packing and stuff. And I ended up watching episodes one through five that whole night from nine to like five in the morning. Then I went to the airport, got on the plane, and I watched the last episode on the plane. And I look at Roots. I haven't watched Roots all the way through in about 20 years. So I have a total different outlook on it. And I was explaining it to B to B says, we have to record this. First of all, we can't pass the fact that you watched Roots in one day. That's never happened ever in history. I watched it in You one took an entire time. day to go back all the way to our oppressed years in this country. <laughs> I did it in one night. I started at like eight o'clock, maybe nine, and I didn't go to sleep. I couldn't sleep. So I was, I, I, well, I didn't even try to sleep, honestly. I was just wired. So I was packing my bags and getting ready for this tour and shutting down my house. And I turned on Roots, and then my barber came, I got my hair cut, and I'm like, and I just kept watching it. And it just kept going, and before I knew it, it was like 4.30. I said, well, (laughs) we here. (laughs) Well, it was like 3. I was like, we're here, so I kept going. And so I had a discussion with Beats and EJ about it, and Beats talked shit about me for about 20 to 30 minutes. Lo and behold, the next day, he sends me a text and says, (laughs) 
I'm on episode three. <laughs> Texas said, I don't like the fact that Joe Jackson got whipped. And I said, what? Like, this is the text I got random. No, nothing. I'm like, what? He said, I'm on episode three of Roots. I said, oh. I had the I had the decency to separate. <laughs> like, get my mind straight on the first episodes that I watched first. And then I went to episode three, four, five, and six. Like, I'm sorry, the fact that y'all are binge watching Roots in 2022 is Don't judge us, Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't judge us. Don't do that. Oh, no, stop. Oh, no, no, I started our, judging y'all. Our palates, first of all, our palates are very broad. Um, we do understand that Marquez is in a place now where he is on a tour. I'm on a tour. So guess what happens? I'm on a bunk and I'm binge. I'm going to be binge watching shit. My next assignment is I'm binge watching all the Fast and Furious movies. Don't ask how I go from Roots to Fast and Furious. That's not your problem. I'm, that's course, what I'm doing. That's that's one of the scariest transitions I've ever heard in programming. You're not even going to stop in the middle with like <laughs> different strokes of Family Matters. And, well, you said Family Matters, didn't you? Yes, so I've been watching Family Matters from the beginning too, and I realized that that's a problematic ass show that we discussed at some point. Like Family Matters is very problematic. There's like two damn near rape scenes. There's well sexual harassment. I should say there's uh, sexism, ageism. Uh, I don't know how the fuck Richie jumped from six months to five years old, but what the fuck ever. I mean, the same uh, thing happened with the my least favorite cast member of Fresh Prince, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki went from fucking uh, infant to fucking... He went from not talking to saying, I'm five, you dork. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's where I am. But Roots, I have a different respect for it. Um, and what I've come to the conclusion is, is that black women have been angry and have been asking black men to protect them in ridiculous ways since the 1700s. And this shit is not new to 2022. Oh, this boy. Shit. And on that note, we'll cut this up. Hey, you, <laughs> know, you know who got it the worst? Shaft. <laughs> Richard Roundtree was <Yes>. dating Kizzy. <laughs> she asked him to take her to the plantation that Kunta was at. And when she got there, she saw that they, were, uh, they had passed. And they got back late. <laughs> so... When he gets back, of course, his master was upset that it was dark when they got back. And he got down on his knees. He's begging, please. He said, I'm, I'm going to probably have you living in a, in a shack, and I might not buy her for you. And Kizzy was offended because he was on his knees. Doing no, slavery. Please, you got it wrong. She wasn't offended. She was pissed the fuck she off. Was pissed, man, she Kizzy was pissed said, off. Kizzy said, I can't believe you just begged and cried for a white man. I want a man that's about freedom. That's about we better than the white man. Richard Rodtree, what is they name? Sam, his name was Sam. Sam said, girl, do you not see this? these clothes I got on? Do you not understand the fact that I'm eating regular food and not the scraps that your ass is eating? I'm doing good out here and you're not about to fuck up what I got going on. She was mad. Then... She goes back to the shack. He puts the, the horse and buggy up. He goes to the shack. She laying in the bed. And when the door opened, well, she was sitting on the edge of the bed. When the door opened, they cut to Kizzy's eyes. So as soon as the door opened, 
she rolls her fucking eyes and turns her back on him. I said, this black woman attitude has been here since <laughs> slavery days. It is wild. So then they get in the bed and they don't really say much. So when he tries to hold her, she like, you know, like knocks him off. I said, oh, I've been there before. Right? It's amazing that they had to deal with this shit in slavery. I can't even get a cuddle. Like, we almost got my ass killed by a white man and my woman, I can't cuddle my woman. It's some bullshit. Right? But then she says, you know, we're on two different fields and it's not, it's not me. It's not you. It's me. Because I want different. I want more. And he said, well, what more do you want? She said, you gotta be about freedom. And you got to know your heritage and where you from. Girl, I'm from Annapolis. <laughs> he said, no. <laughs> where are you from in Africa? He said, I'm born in Annapolis. I don't know shit about Africa. So she was upset. And then he said, I got to do what I got to do to survive. He said, now you mad because I apologize to my master, but I ain't say nothing to you last night when you was fucking your master. That's what tis." Kizzy all the way off. Kizzy said, you knew Master Moore was in here last night and you ain't do nothing about it. He said, what the hell I'm supposed to do? Your damn son is my Master Moore. What am I supposed to do? She said, this ain't gonna work. You get out of my out of my shack and I don't want to see you ever again. I said, this is wild. This is wild. So you wanted him to protect you against white slave owners. Got it. Got it. Made all the sense in the world. So 2022, protect black women. Um, black women have been making requests that ain't made no sense since the slavery day. Oh, man. And there goes the audience that we have because of your anti-woman. No, no, no. See, here's the thing, Paige. I love black women. I adore black women. I understand black women's plight. It's just funny to know that the same shit y'all was doing y'all doing now y'all was doing in slavery days it's hilarious when when my bell checked kunta kente about looking at another chick i said god damn that shit happened to me in 2015 <laughs> that shit happened in 1723 she said i she said where you been all day he said i had to run uh errands for master she said, okay, that only take two hours. You've been gone all day for something came out. Said, I know you are lying to me. So all right. That's well, who we are. Uh shout out to Roots. Uh if you haven't watched Roots at all, or if you haven't seen Roots in years, uh, you should probably check it out. It's on HBO Max. Uh, shout out to the unrealistic movie making of that time period. The fact that uh, LeVar Burton is Kuta Kinte and he's running through the forests of Africa and OJ Simpson just takes off and catches him in like a half of a second and then runs a circle around him three times. Hilarious. Um, but awesome yeah. movie, y'all. Me and Beats are being funny right now, but Roots is a great movie, of course, about our heritage. Um, about the horrible atrocities that this country has put us through as African-Americans. Awesome movie. It, it brought me a sense of peace and centeredness um, that prepared me for the drama that I had to face this week. So um, shout out not to only that, Not only that, but 
Um, I can't really talk about you watching Roots in one day because I watched Next Generation in one day. <laughs> That's a yeah, fact. I definitely did too. That's a fact. The Roots Next Generation is um just the story. Uh, it, it Roots ends with um of course Kick and George buying property in Tennessee, coming back to get his sons and uh, daughters and his wife, um Matilda, and his son Tom is actually uh going through uh they're in debt which um after the uh civil war their slave owner actually wiped their uh, debt clean but um after damages he sold his plantation so when he sold it to was it the congressman or the uh, senator when he sold his property he was a congressman yeah he sold the uh, property to the congressman and the congressman actually reinstated to the debt so they couldn't leave so they made their way out, and that's how Roots end. It starts back up. Chicken George is older. Tom is older, and his children are um, older. So it goes from there all the way up to Alex Haley being in the Navy in the six episodes as well. But Next Generation is, is just as good. Um, and then they have Queen, which was not completed with Alex Haley. It was actually done in, was it 92? Yes, it was ninety. It was ninety two. Um, because um, Alex Haley, he was actually in the middle of writing Queen, but then he passed away, and then someone else ended up uh, finishing the rest of the book, and that person also made the screenplay for Queen. Right. So, uh, Roots actually follows the background of his mother Cynthia, or uh, Bertha. Bertha. I'm sorry, his mother Bertha, and uh, his father Simon's father's uh, side of the family was followed through Queen. Absolutely, absolutely. So y'all check it out. Check out Roots, Roots the Next Generation and Queen. Um, yeah, man, let's 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 keep it going. Yeah. Keep it positive. And also and I'm not even gonna lie, I did I'll admit to this, I did watch the Roots remake uh that they came out with a few years ago. I'm gonna have to re Yeah, they remade Roots. I believe it was for TNT. And uh, it actually had quite a few people in it. Uh, it had a uh, T.I. in it as a soldier. I don't know why. Um, it also had a... And also, it's funny because they also had the Duke from Bridgerton. They had him as Chicken George. <laughs> like, Lord have mercy. So, yeah, that's... that's you judge me for watching Roots in one day and you watch the remake with T.I. in it? <laughs> that's up there. T.I., his too. vocabulary don't even fit slavery days. I'm not doing this with you, Paige. Thank y'all so much for listening. <laughs> sure, because that is definitely my job. And yeah, um, since you segue from Roots to freaking Fast and the Furious, maybe a nice little bridge would be Tyrese's uh, freaking audition from Janko. But that's a different story. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Oh, um, but yes, <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of WOAC Radio, and of course, uh, all episodes are available on all platforms for podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, CastBox, uh, Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, everywhere. And of course, we want to give a special shout out to our special guest, Jackie McGee. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and uh, allowing us to give you your flowers. It was definitely an amazing conversation. And of course, as always, you know, we're definitely going to catch y'all next time on WOAC Radio. Have a great rest of your week. Peace. Wait a minute. I just got here.